0: Welcome to Dear Warren Podcast, where we do backseat parenting. We share stories, principles, parables, and lessons, and attempt to pass them down to my son, Warren. Most importantly of all, we try to have fun. You can reach us at Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail and at Instagram and on our Facebook page. This episode, our guest is Pasquale Ranalli. Pasquale is a father, software engineer, and a Star Wars philosopher. He's also a very good friend when we train jiu-jitsu as well. And this week we went into uh, a deep discussion. Uh, A nice good geek discussion with everyone. Star Wars video games, MMORPGs, jiu-jitsu, and of course trying to tie it all into jiu-jitsu and other sports and philosophy. (sighs) So, please sit back and enjoy and as we present to you mr pasquale rinaldi
1: this is the dear warren podcast
0: and we're on welcome pasquale hey thank you thank you for making it out on this wonderful weekend on uh, our first snowfall of the year that's right how did you do with the snow
1: it was all right um Got Charlie outside, my daughter's two and a half, Mm -hmm. and um, got her bundled up and eating snow. (laughs) Wait, eating snow now? (laughs) Eating snow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We were making snowballs and she was eating them. So,
0: that was her thing. Yeah, I think we just put more. He's still at the phase where, uh huh, what is this? You know, hasn't hasn't recognized it yet. Hasn't recognized the utility yet of, (gasps) it's snow. Do I get a snow day? Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Last year, we tried
1: bringing her out and she like cried.
0: <laughs> Why did you cry? Or I do it, it just, just didn't recognize just, what was going on. It,
1: she had. The, we have these thick snow pants. you couldn't really ah, walk.
0: Probably the, You know, we just like yeah. stuck her in the snow. That's what happened too. We 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 put him in like a snow suit and just like mm-hmm. pretty much laid him down and he just laid there and like you could do like mini snow angels, but more so not doing snow. Just like can I move in this thing? No, I can't. I can't. Right. Also, what happened? Uh, last year, no, a few years ago, you took us to uh, the the Force Awakens right. premiere, which we highly thank you for. And in a few weeks, what is happening?
1: Uh, there's a new Star Trek. Oh, man. I don't want to go to that. Yeah, I don't
0: want to go to that <laughs> uh, The Last Jedi, which we're very excited about. Oh, my God. It's been a while. And we've had some guests on previous podcasts start to go into it, but... Um as far as going into the depth of Star Wars. So for those uh people who are into it, we're about to get very deep into the the I wanna say makings. What would you say? More of the the inspiration, perhaps? Yeah. Inspiration, or the, maybe the, a little what bit can of be the derived philosophy. From it? Yeah. yeah. Right. All of that going going through Star Wars. I think we, we, we right. could definitely get right into it, especially since sure. uh, uh even though I'm wearing my New Jersey devil's shirt. I'm representing my team. You're representing your team, which is, of course, Star Wars and... Yes. Yes. (laughs) The old school shirt.
1: Have you been spoiler-free? I've been entirely spoiler-free. though not as spoiler-free as you in the Mm -hmm. sense that I have watched the trailers. But like I said before the podcast, uh, the trailers have done a very good job of not really providing any information, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, because whatever you feel like can be derived from them... You can also tell is probably misdirection. Yeah. So there's, you know, they're they're entertaining without being. Uh, I think they revealing. Did, I
0: think they did that with the last movie as well too, where a lot of the trailers and I found this out afterwards. Uh, I found out that a lot of the trailers were making Finn look like the new right like, hero, but then it turned obviously in the in the movies um, it turned out to be Ray.
1: Yeah, if I if I recall correctly, there was no image anywhere of ray holding a lightsaber mm-hmm. prior
0: to the force awakens if, if i remember correctly it was always finn the other cool part uh, about it was as you were saying the the spoiler free part i did my best where um for force awakens where if i saw anything anything if it looked like a lightsaber if it glowed i'd like frisbee my laptop across the room i was like no way there's no way i'm gonna let any any type of, I'm going to go into it as fresh as possible. And up until uh, we sat down in the theater, sitting next to you, we're with Jackie, we're with Jess. We're like, all right, here we go. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, I am stretch out. I'm relaxed. I'm like, all right, I made it. No images. I have no idea what any characters, no new weapons, right. no new anything, no new stormtrooper designs, no new nothing. And then I see, <laughs> excuse me, I see kids playing with lightsabers in the front row. Oh right, right! They're playing with lightsabers, and then one of them is waving around a lightsaber—the Kylo Ren lightsaber. Right, and I and which I look stands out you, a little yeah, bit, which stands out. And I go, hey, I, I go, huh? That's a weird looking lightsaber." And then all of a sudden, the movie starts, and then obviously Kylo Ren—you see his—and I am like
1: no yeah I no! Mean, w- well at least they kind of put it right at the beginning of the movie yes. so
0: it wasn't like yes some some reveal but yeah i i know it's not a spoiler but at the same time no,
1: I, I i get what you're saying like i yeah. you know on my phone
0: it's you like, had to restrain because i almost dove in the front row to kill the kid so yeah <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah so i mean i'm excited about it they're gonna they're doing some interesting things um the, uh, oh, oh, whenever, w- what happened to me for The Force Awakens, um, was, it was just a couple of the days before, and some jerk on Reddit made a post <laughs> that was deleted in, like, 30 seconds, but I, I guess I was one of the very few people oh, that clicked no. on it. And, oh, the, and he no. just put, um, uh, Han Solo's killed by a son.
0: Oh, no. And come
1: on. I was a little frustrated by that, and... But it didn't really affect my enjoyment of the movie, ultimately. And I sort of expected that anyway, because um, in the expanded universe, uh, the old expanded universe, which is now called Legends, mm. um, I don't recall that Han Solo was killed by uh, anybody, but there were um, there was a similar overthrow of the Jedi Academy mm-hmm. to what Kylo Ren did um, by <coughs> who I believe was
0: um, Jason Solo. Okay. J-A-C-E-N. Yes, that we're, was, what, that was ben, one of the other siblings. Yeah, and yeah. then there
1: was a Ben Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Kylo Ren's Ben Solo, you know, so. Mm.
0: And this is, uh, was this part of the, it wasn't Timothy Zahn who did it, right? Or it was an, it was another author or another just accepted part of the extended universe canon.
1: Well, I mean, I, it's been a little while since I read the Thrawn trilogy, the Timothy Zahn trilogy. Uh, which is fantastic. If yes. anyone here, it doesn't matter that they've thrown it out of canon. You should read it. Mm-hmm. It's it was the proverbial seven, eight, nine up until Disney decided to do seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember exactly how much of that is touched on in that trilogy. It's been a while, um, but I, I I believe there's at least some mention of it. Maybe mm. I, it's, it's been a while. I know Mara Jade comes in. That's where she comes into the um, yes and you know, it'll be interesting to see whether they decide to
0: canonize her. But and it, I think they did something where like, uh, they being Disney slash Lucasfilm or whoever now, you know, is the head honcho behind, uh, uh, star Wars. They basically said, here are the specific series. I, you can look it up online. There's stuff in the extended universe where they say, yes, this is canon, which is kind of like, uh, the, 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 clone wars cartoons itself right. They're canon. And I think they, I mean, especially the introduction of Mara Jade and 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 everything, which is, uh, you know, slight spoiler as far as like that extended universe. That's like Luke's love interest, right? Eventually later on within within that trilogy. So, right. I think they accepted that trilogy as quote canon as well too, right?
1: I don't think they did. I, really? I, but I think I, I think I know why you're saying that. Mm. Because they did bring Thrawn into canon. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, I'm not caught up on Star Wars Rebels. Okay. But essentially, what happened was Disney (laughs) threw out the old expanded universe, but said Clone Wars is still in. The new Star Wars Rebels, which they're responsible for, is still in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that maybe the the Clone Wars movie, which wasn't that great. Um, So, they didn't... uh, And then what happens in some of these EA games, I guess, which I don't play, but... um, so yeah so they w- what's interesting though is Thrawn, who's this um, you know
0: Empire sort of badass uh, Admiral yeah Admiral, Grand he, Admiral. He, he was like he was like captain uh, admirals of like the fleets you right. know like, was he uh, remind me was he anything like the emperor where he could like shoot lightning out of his hands or anything or um I don't believe he was
1: a, he force, was, he he was a force. He wasn't I just, don't believe so. There was a, um, there was a like a dark Jedi. I can't remember. It's a, hard to pronounce. Starts with a C. Was so like both, so both, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, they so they apparently brought Thrawn <clears throat> into canon, and he's a far less popular character than Mara Jade. I mean, what maybe oh, to, yeah. to quickly, um, uh, mentioned him. Mara Jade was a hand of the emperor. Actually, she was a quote unquote bad guy. And then ultimately I believe during her confrontation with Luke Skywalker is, uh, is, uh, sort of converted to the light side. Uh And she ultimately, you know, so that's, so that was her story. And she was a very popular character back in the nineties. There was, um, Jedi Knight, the mysteries of the Sith, Uh where you played as Mara Jade, um, the video game. And, um, there's also um, The Emperor's Hand, a, a nice, hefty, dark horse. I think it's Dark Horse comic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, some additional books um, written specifically about their relationship. So, she's a, a ra- relatively, for an expanded universe character, she's arguably the most well-known. So, it's a big question mark. Like, is it possible that, that she's brought into canon? She wouldn't be alive. Presumably. So it would have to be some sort of mention. Um, you know, if Ray is. Is you know we, we don't know who her parents are. Mm-hmm. You know what if she is a Skywalker? Yep. If they choo- choose that's to go down that path, is she going to be like an immaculate conception like hmm That's not.
0: <laughs> and or you know is she bored by the Force or or does you she know have mid- a just having a party right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just got drunk t- uh, one night. That's all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it one thing I do I do want to mention maybe to anybody listening to this that is a Star Wars fan as well. I am a huge fan. Has been part of my life since I was a very young child and I was forcing my family to call me Luke <laughs> <laughs> and um, at about four years old. Um, but I'm also very critical of it. And uh, I don't, I have no qualms with expressing opinions on, um, you know, some, some aspects of, of, oh, of, the, course. of the universe that of I have course. problems with.
0: I think the interesting thing when you were bringing up uh, Mara Jade and her being uh, uh, one of the more popular characters in the sense where they were, where, where They wanted to put her into canon. Or when they talk about that uh, trilogy, like she keeps coming up as a recurring character. Maybe the summary of it, and this is just oversimplifying it, it's almost kind of like uh, Vader's uh, story where it's a redemption story where... Um, there's one thing to have a, a character who's just a hero out of the gate and you're like, all right, here we go. Yet another hero right. being brought up that's going to, you know, destroy yet another big planet or toss the, the guy down one of many endless chasms that always seem to <laughs> be the deaths right. of, the, of the big characters. Um, but it's another thing to have one, like, as you said, the emperor's hand and she was uh, uh, mastering in the, you know, the dark side. And then to be brought back to, the, especially by one of the most beloved heroes of, of Luke Skywalker. So rather than be a villain that's destroyed at the end, it's kind of cool to have a character where you're like, I, I guess this is just credit again to uh, Timothy Zahn right. where, wow, you wrote this character enough where people were like, oh, this character is evil, but please right. don't do anything to like kill her off or or anything like that. Right. But to actually, please, yes, we're yeah. like, oh my God, she. There's, there's a, ch-. and and just the little teases here or there, like, oh my God, she's actually questioning, and there's conflict, um, uh, in inside her. Now this can work both ways as well too. I remember there was another uh, uh character in one in one of the books. I think his name was Star Killer or Sun Killer, where he started out good, but then kind of went bad, but then got kind of brought back. As good as well too, but this is going off on yeah. another tangent. Yeah. But I think just to sum it up for as far as just general story writing, and I think a lot of people relate it too when they watch any type of series, uh, whether it be on Netflix, whether it be on Hulu, or any type of uh, um, episodic TV. I th- we can probably think of. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but a character who's has conflict, and you see the conflict between you know morality right and then and then you see the evolution of wow they, they actually got brought back to that quote good side but there's always that chance of you know they have right. to control that the light and the dark
1: yeah and i and i um um i've been thinking about that recently because mm-hmm. I, w- I was thinking about oh um for a moment i just want to mention the name of those books yes there's three books heir to the empire mm-hmm Dark Force Rising, That's, and then The Last Command. And on mm. the cover of The Last Command is Luke and yes. Marjade fighting. Anyway, but if anyone would want to li- read those, they should. Um, but anyway, so I was thinking about, um, were there signs <coughs> that there was complexity to Darth Vader in the original trilogy without us yet so much knowing that he is the father of Luke Skywalker? And the answer to that is... Um, well, I'm thinking right now. Yeah, keep going. So, there
0: sort of is right because
1: <laughs> there. What you find is he, hes presented as this this purely evil villain. Mm-hmm. But then, what happens when he finds out that um, there's someone who's blood related, this his biggest enemy, the biggest enemy to the Empire? Mm-hmm. He, he could have killed him. Mm-hmm. He could have killed Luke in multiple, probably in both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and he didn't you know all he did was uh, focus on trying to recruit him capture him and it and and then that's only exasperated by going back and and, and finding out that all of his quote unquote evil was all driven by love mm-hmm. and um and then you know interestingly um with rogue one um which by the way just as a side note i feel like part of what, Ro- what disney was doing with rogue one was giving a middle finger to the prequels I really do. I think I think that they wanted to take Vader back. Yep. They they were like, we want we want to take Vader back. And that yep. scene at the end where he just yes. destroys everybody, um, is is pretty fascinating. But I read the book, <coughs> and and for the most part, the book was the movie verbatim. But there were a couple pieces that were interesting that I thought, um, you really couldn't convey in a movie. But they went into um, Darth Vader's mental state, particularly at the end there, where he <clears throat> he um, enters that ship. And he's with some stormtroopers, and they go one way, and he decides to go another because he has some sort of sense that he should. And what they talk a lot about is that he's scared, that he's very afraid. Hmm. And and um, he that's a lot of where he drives his power from, right? It's this fear that just turns into, the, you know, it's this fear of not being good enough, um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, and, uh, and fear of, can I, you know, of just... Imminent danger, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so I thought that was that was quite interesting. And and then there's also some Vader comics that Marvel has done, mm-hmm. and in those Vader comics, um, I haven't read all of them yet, um, but they, again, they get into how Darth Vader um, was not just this like right hand man to the Emperor. The Emperor sort of viewed him as a pawn that he could just kind of do whatever he wants to, and and there's even points where he's not Vader's not entirely respected by the, the emperor and Vader's kind of doing his own thing secretly. So
0: I think even, um, the story of Darth Vader and the whole thing of Anakin Skywalker and then the whole coming, coming full circle redemption at the end. Right. And, uh, having that final scene where, uh, uh, they show that funeral scene and then like he becomes one with the force along with, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda. (coughs) I remember uh, one of the many, obviously, there are many, uh, what is it, director's commentaries where George Lucas is talking in all of the the prequels um, or even uh, uh, the original trilogy. And he said it was more so you could think of Star Wars as, quote, the tragedy of Darth Vader. Right. You could think of it like a play, like and some plays are a comedy. In this case, this one's a tragedy because it's it's as you said it's it's tragic like all his actions were originally started due to loss and his right. love for his mother and and the loss of his family and it, then and his inability to, every,
1: to handle his own emotions yep it's, you know fundamentally then, that's what it is
0: and then spark and then here goes here goes down the the entire line of exactly what happens and like all right cool yeah, yeah. you were able to um um quote redeem yourself in the end but what what is does that had to sacrifice his life in order to save luke you know right so yeah but that's one of the nuances that you you pick up in in that it's a lot of philosophy going on there absolutely it's um you were mentioning before too that besides just a big star wars fan and uh uh, as far as with the movies and obviously with um all the, the 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 extended universe that goes along with it You are delving deeper into the stories for, um, and a lot of people do as well, too, because there's a bit more, like, deeper meaning that can be derived from it. In fact, there have been, uh, Lucas has even said, like, uh, things such as the concept of the Jedi and the Force uh, has been, uh, as mentioned in previous podcasts, I think uh, Amy Whitmire had uh, mentioned it recently, where... Uh, a lot of that philosophy is taken from many Eastern philosophies as well, too, of like the Jedi and the Force and light, light dark side, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and I think even, even before getting into the fact that it's sort of Eastern philosophy, just more generally, I think that it it applies. Um, because I think in, in, in more modern times since, in um, particularly the last 40 or 50 years, you know, <clears throat> I think for religion, for a lot of people has felt dated. And um, something is um, seemingly silly as saying that there's meaning and in, and in, in there's a kind of a deeper meaning to something like Star Wars. Well, it's not that silly, right? Um, it's it's fundamentally this sort of um, uh, religiously or politically neutral idea that there's just an all-encompassing, <coughs> un, undefinable force, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know. Absolutely not. I do not believe anybody can move things with their hands or anything like that. But it's just the idea that, um, you know, that perhaps there's this universe out there that doesn't have a predisposition toward us specifically. Perhaps Mm -hmm. it's just there Mm -hmm. and it's about what we do with it so much than about following
0: it. And, and, the, I think and that's then where there, there's there's some uh, scientists or biologists who would who would argue against you, especially and uh, point to how uh, Luke uh, George Lucas brought up midichlorians and made it all a, a biological thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have
1: I have no idea. Yeah, that, that was a weird.
0: That was a weird, weird choice.
1: But you know what? Um, I've, I've done some thinking. And uh, this is backed up, of course, by the infamous uh, machete order. Uh, The Phantom Menace adds zero to the entire story. So I pretend like it doesn't exist. uh,
0: What's the machete order for those who are unfamiliar with that? The machete order is the
1: idea that the best way to watch, assuming that you've never seen Star Wars, the best way to watch them is starting with episode four, where you learn about Luke. Episode five, which is The Empire Strikes Back. Where you get the whole build up, you get the camaraderie between the entire team, and it ends on kind of a downturn. You don't know what's gonna happen to Han Solo. Um, You know, it's just, there's a lot that's unclear. And then instead of going to Return of the Jedi, you go to Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And Hmm. so you sort of park the Luke story at its height. And you go back and you say, okay, now here's Anakin. And like I said, the idea is that the Phantom Menace. Ultimately, adds nothing because Qui Gon dies. Darth <laughs> Maul, who's a really, in my opinion, this is a total, totally different subject, but he's a big missed opportunity. He dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- w- there's not a lot added there. Um, so, y- 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 but what about the introduction of Jar Jar Binks, man? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea is you you know you, you go to the uh, uh, Attack of the Clones, and then you watch. Um, Revenge of the Sith, Episode Three, and you get the backstory of Anakin. Uh-huh. So now you're left w- coming to, into Return of the Jedi unclear about um, much of what's going on with our heroes, and um, very clear on where Darth Vader came from. And uh, and you watch Return of the Jedi, you and then it up. <clears throat> yeah, and then the um, I don't know how exactly how they've updated it with the new movies, but I, I would say. Uh, that still stands and you probably would then maybe want to watch uh, the and force awakens
0: and rogue one Yeah, and then and then the midichlorian mentioned it was only in episode one if, if I remember correctly. that's correct right? So then yes. you don't you never ever have to see that atrocious scene of yeah Oh, this is why oh it's because his something whatever is was well, Middle midichlorian count is like more than yodas You know, yeah, so. it's
1: right And I mean and there's a couple issues with that one is it's unnecessary to try to explain it The whole point is it's not explainable mm-hmm. and that's okay That's okay
0: It's okay, George.
1: (laughs) Um, And and then the other thing is, you know, I think Yoda specifically is extremely misused in the prequels. Oh, extremely misused. mm. I think that. um, Go on. Yeah, I think that. um, You know, the the entire Jedi Council, I have issue with. It was kind of weird. I I think that that Yoda's misused in the sense that first of all, he was uh, uh, he fought. It even had a lightsaber. Frankly, oh. um, I, I think the the impression that most people got from the original movies is that he's sort of this you know Zen mm-hmm. uh, master that you know he's above uh, direct combat. Mm-hmm. That he's above um, above these things that mm-hmm. he you know. So um, I don't know. So that that's my feeling on it. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie when I was you know watching um revenge of the sith back in the day i thought it was cool i was like oh yeah you know he's limping and then he uses the force and he could do all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. so there's not certainly an entertainment value to it but you know upon reflection i think that that was a misstep in terms of him yeah. as a character as a whole mm-hmm. and he, he sort of took him from this deep meaningful character to yeah just another just another, just a just another ball of energy you know, that piece oh, of glitter on the um mm. you know so that, that's my feeling on it um you know, but th- he's still an interesting character. Um, and so the reason I brought that up, though, was the, the, even going down the path of trying to explain things to the then trying to explain that Anakin is more powerful than Yoda. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why go there? Yep. Leave Yoda is this mystery that he is. You know, we don't know exactly what he is. We don't know, you know, where he's been, what he's done. Um, all we know is he's... yeah. Wise uh-huh. and very powerful.
0: And when you go into uh, that topic, as you were saying, that the uh, uh, when when you can pull out these stories and and these quote lessons. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm psyched to pass these down to Warren. As Absolutely, well too. that's the that's probably one of the things that uh, Disney has granted as far as the opportunity where you this story just continues for yet another like th- across three generations. Uh, possibly, right? At least two, definitely at least two. And yeah, this I mean, is we're like,
1: talking 40, mm-hmm. 40 years ago on the dot, right? That uh, yep. the original came out. So,
0: so thank you for for that, Disney. Uh, and also, uh, I can't wait to go down to Disney World and then like see Mickey go one on one against Darth <laughs> Vader. You know, that's always cool. <laughs> so I might as well have a little bit of glitter to it <laughs> for right, for right, war's sake. But as far as uh, what you were saying, um, that. This type of saga that is Star Wars, where it's episodic, it it, it has gone over seven movies already. Um, well, six if you want to use machete order <laughs> and cut one of them right, out. Right. Um, and we're about to get the eighth. As far as the as 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 you were just saying too that this can now were you saying and I don't want to put words in your mouth and were, were you saying that this uh, can not uh, I'm not going to say it acts almost like a religious story it acts almost as if and and you hear it as as well too well you know these people are waiting online for tickets uh for you know weeks ahead of time and they camp out it, it's almost like a a, a religion i think there even are books of like oh look star wars religion star trek religion harry potter religion you know
1: yeah i, I think it does i i um <clears throat> it does in in a certain sense let me let me qualify that um again, it has to do with the fact that it, it, and and this is what's interesting about Buddhism, right? Hmm. The focus, and by the way, I'm no expert on Buddhism, but um, from what my understanding is that the focus is primarily on how to live a quality life now, here. Not focusing so much on where you're going to be next. Right? And so, it focuses on how do you be a good person now? How do you find peace with yourself now? How do you pass these how do you pass things on to the next generation now you know and 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 it's again it's there's no it's it's you know being introduced in something like star wars it suddenly becomes um, region neutral and politically neutral and it's just this general idea of like hey what happens if you sort of just pay attention to being present Mm -hmm. what happens if you meditate what happens if you assume you don't assume that um, there's a Superman looking out for us? That's always good. Maybe it just is, and mm-hmm. it's about what you do. It's not a, you know. So um, I, I I think it's interesting in that sense, and furthermore, I think that. Um, the tragedy of it um, ultimately is, it's interesting, right? You you have some characters that have depth. I mean, it's easy. Now it's, it's, it's hard maybe for people to imagine, especially younger folks to imagine. um, But there was a time when people didn't, weren't clear on Darth Vader's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, motivations and, and where he was coming from. That was a, at some point a mystery. And um, was the most evil character that there was. Right. Until he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was a a whole generation um, starting before our generation actually Mm -hmm. um, that were really touched by that. And I think that's in large part why it's carried forward. And I, by the way, just as a side note, I think that's why Disney's making these movies PG 13. Hmm. I think they know that they're, they're, they're appealing in large part to 30 plus year olds.
0: Yes. They, 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 they would be, they would be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to misuse this term because I'm not, you know, English was never really, really great for me. What is it? It would behoove them, or it would not behoove them to include the thirty-plus-year-old crowd. I forget which one it is. It would behoove. It would behoove them to not include uh, the generation that's that's thirty up because there's a there's a big chunk that grew up on Star Wars. So yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: so it's I mean, it's certainly fascinating. I, I don't I don't I don't um, think anybody ought to you know, specifically go running around saying I believe in a Star Wars religion. I just again it's just it's just um it's just, uh, just concepts. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a big question mark about uh is what's more important, <coughs> concepts or dogma. You know, and I think mm. I think um I think something like Star Wars provides a mainstream outlet for people that may even consider themselves atheists, yep. Um or agnostics,
0: um, to understand spirituality. And I've Read other blogs or, or listen to other podcasts um, that g- touch upon exactly what you just said uh, there where those who aren't into uh, the direct uh, deep into religion, whether it be Catholicism or or Buddhism or insert anything ism as far as those stories about where we came from, about what, what happens when we die, about what happens uh, when we do something bad or good or evil or uh Their take on this uh, particular issue. I think what happens is that due to them not uh, um, being versed in that, or maybe they are kind of versed with that. Maybe they do read a lot of those stories. And this was a a topic I was discussing with with my friend, where maybe a person is religious and is uh, very familiar with uh, certain religious stories. And the reason why they love or they get very invested in a Star Wars saga, in the Infinity Wars uh, saga that's coming up right now. Right. When they get invested in any type of superheroes, uh, the the whole thing with with Harry Potter, where where kids are reading seven hundred plus page books, you know, Right. the reason why they get invested in in that. Whether it be religious or not, or, or non-religious, is is just because of the stories that are being told are being told correctly. They're balanced. They tell the arch- archetypical hero story correctly, and you can see a lot of uh, parallels between uh, religious stories, religious morals, with. A lot of what we see with uh, current superhero or or even uh, science fiction or adventure stories or video games because the stories are told correctly
1: right and, and I think that you're bringing up a, another good point that I just want to clarify and that is that these stories are all drawn by adults hmm. they're created by adults who've been inspired by a wide variety of things in their lives mm-hmm. you know so um, you you have them injecting what are ultimately adult themes in into these things like is is the hulk just this green guy or is that someone who maybe wasn't <laughs> able to you know maybe someone relates that unable able to control themselves mm. when they get emotional for whatever reason you know that's where those these characters come from it comes from people um, analyzing their own or perhaps um, friends or family's flaws mm. um, and also um, you know going back to where you were which was um, you know spiritual or, or, or religious or non-religious you know feelings um, getting injected into these stories and I think that <laughs> um going back to Star Wars but but also including anything else that would fall into that category. Um part of the reason um is that it it it's done in such a way that it appeals kinda nowhere no matter where you are in quote unquote real life. No matter what what your disposition is. It's not it's not an it's not something that's antithetical to, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, any particular religion. Mm-hmm. It's not antithetical even to, like I said, some form of <laughs> atheism. It's just uh it just is something. Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and you can kind of explore it in your own terms. And that's, you know, um, and I think that's the sad part about his attempt at explaining it, right, is because. His, his being? Uh, George Lucas okay. with the, with the Clorians, right? Because sometimes things are just best left to someone's imagination. Mm. You know, you get, mm. I mean, that's a good story, right? A good story tells you enough <coughs> to understand what's going on, but not so much that you don't have any sense of
0: imagination. I think Um, we're going to be semi-disappointed due to the sense that Disney is not known for being uh, very subtle with their uh, exposition or anything like that. That's true. With with any of their stories. They're pretty heavy-handed. But I think they're heavy-handed in a way, (coughs) excuse me, where it's not like George Lucas where... These are the middle, cl- you know, so. Yeah.
1: And, and, and also keep in mind that um, <coughs> it still is Lucasfilm, right? So Disney certainly has a say, but ultimately it's still Kathleen Kennedy, who is um, George Lucas's uh, mm-hmm. right-hand person, um, running the show. And and you have someone like Rian Johnson um, with The Last Jedi, um, who I don't suspect is someone that would compromise his own vision for you know, and and there's nothing that he's stated that indicates um, such has happened. So, I, I think I have a feeling, just based on um, knowing very little, admittedly, I really know about him other than he made like the best episode of Breaking Bad, hmm. which is uh, Ozzy yes. or whatever. Um, That's he, arguable though.
0: There's there's a lot of cool the <laughs> best break best yeah. episodes of Breaking Bad, so. right?
1: But um, he just seems to. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where he takes it. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that there's going to be some surprise, not like in some
0: reveal necessarily, um, but in ah, maybe are we getting maybe, your uh, the Pas- Pasqua prediction. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. go go ahead. No, yeah. there has been certain, uh, and I will pre- reveal my prediction as well too. But you go right ahead.
1: I, I have a feel. Fi- well, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be um, some some direction that it has taken that's just not expected, and in and, and what I mean in. Well, I feel bad because uh, I don't want to say anything. There is maybe something I could say here based on the trailer, um,
0: but I don't, I'll well, I, won't, don't, I won't because I'm going to jump across this table and uh, <laughs> yeah. hit you with this with this coffee mug. I'm almost done with my tea, so anyway, yeah, go ahead. no, I, I um, but I, I think generalize that,
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I just think that you know we we have a thought about what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. It is, you know. Uh, these particular types of characters it is this particular type of adventure Um, and I just have a feeling that maybe he's going to take things um, not in a bad way Mm -hmm. but just maybe challenge some of those notions nice um, and and
0: make it fresh very cool I think. I, hope so. I, hope so. I think uh, what's going to happen is that I I know that there's a big contingent that was uh, even though it was a reboot in in a sense with uh, Force Awakens, I think a lot of them were still very uh, disappointed with uh, how Ray was portrayed as a bit too much of a overpowered superhero out of the gate, right. um, and what I think is going to happen, and I'll explain this as, as well too, where we're going to get an explanation for all of that overpoweredness in this coming uh uh release and if they don't do that then it's gonna then i want to be like what the fuck happened how is she so so powerful right right out of the gate well yeah
1: and i i agree i agree with you and that Mm -hmm. that i that's not uh you know mutually exclusive to what i was saying i Mm -hmm. I just i so i agree i think that it largely depends yes if you look at force awakens in and of itself it's sort of like okay yeah what's going on with her
0: yeah like how so it depends
1: where they take it right Mm -hmm. and i think that based on the fact i mean we had a flashback Yes. In The Mm -hmm. Force Awakens. And I don't recall anywhere in any of the other movies where there was a flashback. Anything of that nature. Yeah. So I have a feeling that we may um, be made um, aware of some of the history of where at least she came from. And, of course, what happened at the Academy um, via flashback. And I think Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting. It'll just be... It'll... You know, it's going to... My point being, it's going to largely depend on what they do now. Mm -hmm. Um, Both... With Ray, but also it, like, yes, the Force Awakens was so, sort of a reboot, but that's okay. Like I'm, yes. I'm fine with that. I'm not one of the fans that uh, is critical of it because I understand mm-hmm. that there's a generation of children and kids now who didn't know who Han Solo was. Yep, who didn't, you know, didn't, underst- didn't understand who Chewbacca was. I mean, maybe they have like a toy that they cuddle with, but you needed to get a little bit of a sense of of who these people were, and in that movie just sort of. You paid
0: homage um, to those. Original paid characters. homage to those
1: characters, uh, kind of let you know who they were, um, and so so I, I I'm cool with that. And and, and 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 by the way, it was very entertaining. It was very good, and I think it left a lot open that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly around these characters' <coughs> history.
0: I think the other part where you brought up that there's a whole new generation that's going to come up and and. Uh see these movies for the first time and like i said warren i'm very excited for you to uh be old enough to eventually (laughs) accept uh what what's going on and and be shocked by all of the twists and turns and the reveals uh one of the things that i do remember growing up this was i specifically remember in kindergarten kindergarten is what like five years old four or five years old i I forgot what it is yeah somewhere around there six maybe um where i i uh have first seen Star Wars, and English was never really my, my, my best language. It's still not my best language. I always joke with people I speak uh, uh, three languages I speak English, bad English, and bad Thai. So. <laughs> but um, bad English was, at, was, was my forefront uh, uh, back then. And I, long story short, I didn't know that Luke was a name. I knew oh, really? I knew I watched GI Joe so I knew Duke was a name. Mm-hmm. And so after I saw Star Wars and I kept hearing, bah, bah, Luke, Luke." I kept hearing Duke. Okay. So for a good year um, I thought it was Duke Skywalker. <laughs>
1: That's amazing.
0: Yes. And <laughs> so when it. when my when my friends was like, "Oh, I'm Luke Skywalker." And we would, you know, be out in the yard playing with sticks. He goes, "Oh, I'm Duke." I would say, "I'm Duke Sky, I'm Duke Skywalker." He looked at me like uh, well you know you're my friend all right cool let's go right and so it would be duke versus luke
1: <laughs> yeah well you would just assume that you were you were being creative you can't yeah. have luke versus luke
0: yeah and i had no idea i'm like who who, who the hell is luke That's, that's until awesome. and, and then i sat down and then i'm watching and then like i heard another kid's name was luke i'm like wait a second and then and then i was like i'm uh, i'm a dumbass <laughs> when i finally awesome. figure it out so that's awesome <laughs> The, the other thing that you were bringing up a bit about the Hulk. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, another Marvel character that you could probably uh, relate to all the, you know, with philosophy and also to religious stories as well, too, is Iron Man. Um, if you think about it, who is Tony Stark, who's Iron Man, but a regular guy, you know, pushing the limits of his technological uh, uh, knowledge and himself. To try and, and and what does he do? He builds this suit of armor that lets him fly, shoot energy beams, able to withstand uh, 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 unimaginable amounts of damage, go toe to toe with uh, Thor and uh, other quote demigods. So a man like you know pushing the technological limits. It's it's a uh, which was that religious story? It was it was Ty- Tower of Babel. You remember that one? Long story short, of that one is that uh, uh, I forgot who it was, which which group it was, but they basically wanted to create a tower to heaven, basically build uh, a, a structure that can bridge between the human world and um, uh, the, the 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 god world, and then of course, God, you know, despite some, you know, I forgot, hurricane, tornado, okay, blew it over, you know, destroyed the tower or something like that. But it was it was it was kind of like a nod to that of like you know this is what what it is and and sci-fi does that a lot it's always about like how far can we push uh with our knowledge right Right. to to supersede that which is human but also at the same time a lot of those stories hint upon the fact that like hey like the more we try to you know use science and logic at a certain point you hit this, this, this thing where like we don't understand or we think we understand and quote bad things happen. So, yeah, I mean,
1: that's an interesting point. I, I think, I mean, on that particular subject, I mean, mm-hmm. we're sort of hitting that point in real life. Yeah. The you know, singularity, I singularity, mean, right. Right. I mean, we, I think we're at a really interesting point in time where we have technology that is far exceeded, um, probably our imaginations 15 years ago. <coughs> and, um, you know, it's a big question about what we do with them. Are we going to use it to solve problems? Are we going to use mm-hmm. it to just entertain ourselves to death? Um, you know, hang on a second. I got yeah. a text message. No, I'm <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah, no. So, it. You know, no, I, th- go I, th- on. I just think it's a, I think it's a really interesting question mark. You know, how, how do you, how do you act responsibly in the face of, Uh, possibility, let's say, you know, because certainly there are aspects of technology that can, um, that do much better our lives. And, um, you know, there, I mean, this is a whole Rabbit hole, I guess, but you know
0: we have. Do it, man. This is what we do on the podcast. Like I always, I always tell every guest that if we're not pushing and we're not struggling, we get to the point we're like, fuck, what are we talking about? We're not doing it right. Okay, all right. This is what it's about. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, look, we're we're at an interesting point in the sense that we have, uh, we're we're really on the cusp of of artificial intelligence and what it's going to be able to do for our lives. Granted, artificial intelligence has assisted us for a long time, longer than people give it credit for. Um, but now we have, um. You know, I mean, I, I'm particularly interested in self-driving cars because Tesla's fascinating to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and there's a, um, Elon Musk is in a way a real-life Iron Man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, he's he's push, <coughs> pushing technology in ways that, and um, you know, our government has failed to mm-hmm. do, um, and and many other industries have failed to do because they didn't need to. Um, So he just came along and said, well, okay, fine. If no one's going to build an electric car, I'm going to show you not only that you can make one, but it's better than every other car that exists. And he did that. And make it affordable as well. And make it, you you're right. He's working on that part. Um, uh, And recently they unveiled a semi-truck, right? And not only is the semi-truck electric, which means it's faster and more powerful than a diesel, Um, it's uh, more efficient. Um, But it also has, I don't, I haven't read a lot of details. I don't know if they've released a lot of details, but it also, um, there's software that's um, meant to sort of link the trucks together so they can work together Mm -hmm. um, to further increase efficiency. Mm -hmm. Uh, So presumably you could be notified that there's someone else within a certain distance of you driving one of these trucks and they could, they could then link up sort of in lockstep and draft each other. And the um, the efficiency dramatically increases um, when when they're when they're drafting, nice. for
0: example. So, I mean, look, I know we just
1: kind of went from point A to point
0: B pretty no, quick no, there, no, but no, no. we're we're going to spend a little but, time on, on 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 this point because you yeah. start, you started talking a, a bit about where do, where do we go? Um, another piece of technology, and I mentioned this on on the on the previous midweek one with uh, Jess because we started talking about like Amazon technologies. And, uh, oh, speaking of Amazon, I should have probably disabled my uh, Alexa behind me before, like, we say something and then she, like, chimes in or starts playing, like, uh, another song or something. (laughs) But uh, we, we started talking about, like, voice recognition. And there's actual technology out there right now where if we, if I get you talking to me and I get, like, an hour of audio, or it was either an hour or four hours worth of audio, some subset of where you just talk to me normally. They can take that audio, plug it into uh, one of their service. I don't know if it's Amazon or another uh, software service, but essentially they can take that sample of audio. And then at that point, they can have a program basically play back uh, a, a read of anything. And it would be your voice. Same inflections, right. same pronunciations, same kind of like hiccups or ums or <clears throat> Yeah, That is... Right.
1: I... I I can't remember the name, but I, I was mm-hmm. listening to another podcast, um, and there was a company that did that, and they did it with Barack Obama's voice, and it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty wild. Um, and they tried it with Donald Trump's, and it didn't work quite as well. It was a little. <laughs> it was a little clear that. Um, uh, so it's not perfected, but um, I don't know if it's just like the way his voice is, but. Barack obama seemed to particularly lend well yeah to uh it was pretty creepy yeah so i mean and and you got to wonder what do we do with this information or what do we do with Mm. this technology right Mm -hmm. i that's an interesting one because i don't know like where where would that be applied that's useful other than just making um computer sound more interesting i guess um you know i'm kind of curious like where would that be a value other you know i mean you could certainly uh, think of evil things to do with
0: it oh absolutely evil, um, evil things yeah. yes but uh probably you know. the only thing i can i i can think of is is um uh People who need reads being done for you know they're well you know it's going to put a, it's going to put a bunch of voice actors out of work but you know
1: yeah or perhaps someone like Stephen Hawking yeah. uh, who can't speak for themselves uh, maybe you could have a AI or, right. or a computer that there can speak go. speak mm-hmm. and they can have a, a a voice of their choosing or or whatever um, or maybe even would be interesting as if someone had done that and then later you know is. Injured in some way where they can't speak mm. and then you still have your voice around That'd be mm-hmm. pretty wild So maybe that but even then it's sort of a novelty Um, really if you if you think about it, um, but but it certainly could be it, a quality of life improvement for someone like that
0: It's interesting that you that we both kind of went like, well, huh, you know We can think of plenty of evil ways to like, you know, right t- take advantage of that and that's that's the thing about technology too, where as much as cool it is as it is, and a lot of forward thinkers, good optimistic thinkers as well too, will think of like, oh, voice. We can give it to people who have, uh, you know, maybe uh, they uh, through whatever means, through whatever disease or some uh, uh, mishap, their their throats are injured in a way where their voice doesn't work well. Right. As you said, uh, a Hawkins. Um, you can say something too with oh through through the advancement in uh, you know nuclear research and everything here we can now uh, power whole cities but also at the same time with, with the evil of everything there's always kind of like the light side dark side it's kind of like yeah you do that you could, but then at the same time that you've enriched uh, uranium you kind of have like you know now you have the ability to not only power cities but you also have the ability to destroy whole cities sure you know so yeah. it's it's a bit of a <laughs> It's a bit of a thing where, where there are great intentions behind many, many things, but there, as as you as you just mentioned, there's, a, there's depending on on the hands right. that it falls uh, as as a fall that that it falls into the that human beings, there is always uh, every human being can turn out to be a Darth Vader, you right?
1: Know? Right, and I I think <coughs> you just just going back to the trucking thing. Mm. I think it's it, it's an extremely relevant one in, in terms of what you're talking about because autonomous vehicles, right? <clears throat> electric powered and autom- autonomous vehicles are. Imagine not only the savings in, in the environment and mm-hmm. and and for any you know anyone that's critical of electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles in the sense where they say, well, there's a lot of environmental destruction in the creation of batteries. Yes, that's true, but centralized pollution is far easier to deal with than millions of tiny power plants everywhere. Um, That's just my side note. Um, But you have people that could be very much put out of a job Mm -hmm. because um, autonomous trucks, for example, much safer than human drivers. Um, uh, Much more efficient than human drivers. Uh, An autonomous truck could drive the exact speed limit and drive 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, it has to charge every once in a while, but those charges will probably be battery swaps and they just keep going. Mm-hmm. So you're, 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 you're not, no one's falling asleep at the wheel. Uh, speed limits are not being broken. Um, these vehicles are very, uh, capable of, um, identifying what's going on around them and stopping or, you know, whatever. So it's and 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 all of that, but then they can you know, work together. You know, um, it's really fascinating. I, we have a new Honda Pilot
0: 2018.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, not Pilot, um, Odyssey, the van. And it came with um, some, some semi-autonomous capabilities. Like oh, it has so a, Is
0: that the auto parallel park or something like that?
1: No, not that one, but um, adaptive cruise control. So oh. what, it, what it will do is when you're driving, if you enable it, it will um, drive your set speed. But if someone gets in front of you, it'll adapt to their speed. Right. If they're going, if they're going slower than you. Um, and, and so I've driven from here to Pittsburgh. My family's in Pittsburgh. Um, I essentially didn't touch the brake or the gas the entire way across the highway, like the wow. Pennsylvania turnpike, except for times where they're, you know, had to pull off and go to a light or something like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's fascinating. And the reason I'm bringing that up though, is that, you know, It was one of the times where, even though I'm a uh, software engineer, sometimes I forget how fast computers are, right? So when I'm driving, you can set the distance that you want to be from the car in front of you. One length, two lengths, three lengths, four lengths. Um, And you can, it will start slowing down before you would ever visually know that you need to. Mm It's so fascinating. Yes, I mean, you know, um, to just see the the, the qu- how quickly it responds to what the person in front of you is doing, um, and and it just made me realize like it's so far superior to our senses. We, uh-huh. You know, um, and it even works. You know, and that's not even that's talking broad daylight. We're not talking about a night uh-huh. or if there's some rain. You know, which which um, these things could generally see through a little better than we can. It's fast. It's 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 really interesting. So. So, we have, like, entire industry, an entire industry of, of people, uh, from what I understand, maybe the, the uh, largest employment base um, in yeah, the country. Yeah, I, I
0: think truck drivers, yeah. Truck right. driving so, or so truck what, delivery. You know,
1: so, so are, <laughs> is there something ethically uh, wrong? You know, like, do we not introduce this technology? Or, mm. or you know, uh, that's a, a big issue of our time. And it's mm-hmm. um, in the next, I think, 10 years. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be very tangible, you know.
0: That's yeah. Th- th- there's certain industries where where you would say that quote. Oh, you know, they're gonna be eventually replaced with. In this case, uh, well, a lot of industries previously were replaced with computers. Sure. In this case, they're really being replaced by computers in the sense of, as as you said, through through autonomous trucks. One could also argue too, like, oh, you know, the creation of like this whole thing it's going to create another whole industry. You're like, all right, who's going to maintain those trucks, et cetera, et, right. et cetera. Uh, uh, you and I, as as software engineer, software developers, we're 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 screwed once the you know the the machines are able to write their own code, you know. So, well, I think <laughs> at that point we're all screwed. I th- yeah, at, at, at that point we we're, we're looking for uh, Sarah Connor and like quick, yeah. get John Connor. So, right. Well, think about it. I mean, if you have if you have um, an AI that's capable
1: of programming mm-hmm. itself, reprogramming itself, um, and learning. Every second that it's exposed to the internet, it's probably learning ten thousand yep. years of history. You know, the equivalent of, of uh, ten thousand lifetimes mm-hmm. that a human can learn. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 a, it's unfathomable unfathomable. Yes, I can't pronounce that word. Um, it. I mean, we, we can't. It, it, it's too big for our brain. Yep. you know, I mean, there's just we can't even imagine. Um, so. That's I a think whole. a few
0: movies have, have already hit upon this. Obviously, sure. with, with with Skynet in 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 the, in the Terminator series, I think uh, there was that movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix or oh, I forgot what is what his name was. She, oh
1: yeah, that was her. It was her. Yeah, that was Joaquin
0: Phoenix. Yeah, and and that and that one was uh, basically about an AI in a cube that basically grew so intelligent that she ran away with other AIs. Oh, actually, you're
1: you're thinking of um, Ex Machina. No, I'm thinking of the first one. I haven't seen Ex Machina yet. Well, she, she, there's no human involved. Yeah. Or there's no, there's no, like, she was an AI, wasn't she? Yes,
0: but in she, it was an operating system. Yeah, uh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, it it was an operating system system that eventually, like, she, like, oh, uh, you know. So I, I think I pretty much spoiled Ex, that movie. Ex Machina.
1: Yeah. X Machina is with um, Oscar Isaac, uh-huh. and um, where he's just this ma- essentially a mad scientist um, creating his Frankenstein, which is you know okay, attractive well, I, I, woman.
0: I, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So
1: <clears throat> okay, okay, but, but anyway, that but, yeah, that one be deals seeing with seeing it soon enough. Yeah, that that one it's very good. I'd highly recommend it. Um, that deals with creating actual physical mm. um, beings essentially.
0: I think I brought up Terminator. Did you know? I don't know if you knew this, but um, I will say this uh, ahead of time, that if anyone who has not seen Terminator 1 or Terminator 2, uh, uh, spoilers ahead. <coughs> and I only say this because it's one and of that's the...
1: A, that's if you're listening to this in 1990.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, uh, and I think 99% of the listeners are going to be like, yeah, I've seen Terminator 1, Terminator 1, what, what about it? It was actually It was actually one of the greatest reveals and twists that was ruined by its previews. Terminator 2 specifically. Because in Terminator 1, what was it? It was just Arnold Schwarzenegger just kicking everyone's ass, right? Right. The bad guy. And so in Terminator 2, it was... The the, liquid metal? Yeah, the liquid, the T-1000. T-1000. And in the beginning of the story, if you watch Terminator 2 without the notion, without knowing that Arnold was going to be the good guy, watch it from beginning up until they reveal that he's the good guy. They say, oh, two Terminators were sent back. Uh, from the future in order to protect uh, John Connor, right? They never mention which one they say uh, uh, One of them is good and will be etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and will right. be his protector. They never mention which one so when Originally when Arnold comes out in that movie, what does he do? He's in a biker bar. He beats bikers up He sh- uh, shoots and, one and if
1: guy T 1000 was a cop.
0: Was a cop right? he, was yeah. a, he was a cop. He was a cop. He was who's polite. Oh, I just want to ask uh, John Connor a few questions uh, You know, right st- so and he was polite. He so was, they, I I don't you know, remember they they spoiled that in uh, they spoil that in the preview, in, in in the previews because it was like oh Arnold's back and he's a good guy because they couldn't uh, you know let that go. So basically, if you watch mm-hmm. that movie up until the point, and here's the cool part in in the hallway where, where John Connor running away from the Arnold Terminator, and then. On the other end of the hall comes uh, the T one thousand, and they're both walking, and they and the t- and the Terminator see each other. They both draw their guns, and you see John Connor look back and forth between the two, and all of a sudden it goes to uh, uh, Arnold, and he goes, "Get down!" That's the moment where everyone was supposed to go, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he's the good guy, you know. Right, and. and on it, there's there's a, a bunch of like blog posts or or like some good write ups about this about Terminator 2 being one of the the most unfortunately spoiled movies right. that where it had one of the most creative opening twists there is. Uh,
1: that, that, I mean that's such a point of contention for me when you have. I mean I I have a trust level with uh, Lucasfilm, so I, <laughs> I'll watch those I'll watch those trailers because ah. they always they've never really done that. But I mean so many movies just show especially comedies. It's the worst when comedies mm. show
0: the funniest parts in the trailer. Well, they got to They got it in order to draw in all the I guess. The, but the then, crowd, then you then you like watch a movie
1: and, and and you know an hour and a half you see like three things <laughs> that are funny. You know, um yeah, that drives me crazy though when they um
0: yeah, and but but actually back I mean, then they co- didn't know. That was the ind- movie industry back then. They yeah, had yeah. to bank in on Arnold being the, you know, the he was on top of the world then as far as uh, acting. Yeah.
1: Um <clears throat> Sort of a, a a side piece, but um, I want to go. I want to go to video gaming yeah. in this in this regard. How okay, so? because I started thinking <laughs> about in this internet age, it is so difficult, right, to have something that's not
0: spoiled. Mm-hmm. A movie, music, anything. Oh, it's easy. You just take whatever your device that mm-hmm. you usually see these things on, right? And you just and you don't look at
1: it. Right. No, that's true. That's, no, that's true. I mean, that helps. But even, even, even by doing that, mm. we're still infinitely more exposed to the possibility of spoilers. I mean, true. we have billboards that t- you know mm-hmm. and and you go places and just crap's playing on
0: tvs all the or time or you're just and, talking with people and all of a right. you start talking about the latest season of you know what and you go you cover your ears you go la 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 la, la right la. and they and <laughs> you have to go running right. out of the room diving and, over the bar right and and so
1: um slightly uh, aging myself here i i got into um mmos um Multi, uh, massively multiplayer multiplayer online, online MMORPG
0: So massively multiplayer. It's about to get into a video game discussion, folks. Which is, uh, it holds a dear place in my heart, Warren, because your dad, for a year, was addicted to these things. <laughs> um and for other people who are not addicted to video games or don't understand uh what is happening or how you can be addicted to video games, I will try and uh uh draw a relation between what you're about to discuss and the different types of personalities in let's say sports. Sure. Because there's different ways you can get uh, quote addicted to sports. But anyway, please yeah. go on.
1: So um and, and there's there's a lot of facets um, that we can go into about video games. Where I'm going particularly right now is um I remember... Um, and granted, the internet was around. It was the late 90s. Mm. And that was... Um, there were essentially two big MMOs <laughs> back then. There was EverQuest. Oh well, three. There was EverQuest. There was Asheron's Call. And I mm. think Ultimate Online was still oh, around. Okay. And um, those were like the big three. I played Asheron's Call. And um, I remember... One of the really cool things in Asheron's Call was... It didn't provide information on how to do things. <laughs> like... If you were a mage and you you wanted you had to figure out by through experimentation how Trial to cast spells. Yeah. And early in the game, that was awesome because mm-hmm. I mean it was you know you'd, you'd have to meet people and they'd be like, hey, I heard if you get these three re- reagents and mm-hmm. put them together and and uh, you can open a portal to teleport or you can mm-hmm. shoot a fireball. Um, and then I remember I was in this guild. Called uh, General Zhang's peacekeepers. I was on a, a PVP server, so we were the anti PKs, which were the people oh, that believed
0: that you shouldn't kill wow. everybody. All right, hold on. <laughs> just let's let's pause right here. Okay, okay, okay. There's a, there's a bunch of things to unpack there for people who are not who are non gamers. Um, uh, essentially, what he's doing when you play a massive online player game, I'm pretty sure you probably see your little brothers play Call of Duty online, or you just jump online with your avatar or your character. In this case uh these type of games were pretty much kind of like medieval base like mages and knights and dragons and and wizards um so you get to play as that character and obviously through pressing certain buttons on your keyboard or a combination of buttons you can uh shoot your spells at uh you know the the bad guys that are on on the screen now when he mentions pvp that stands for player versus player where he uh, Pasquale, if you run into him online, can fight against your character online. Right, hence player versus player, and you can shoot your spells at at, at, at that person. Uh, right, PKing and is player killing. Player killing. So so this you, is this on. is
1: um. So I'm going going back to these games um where PvP um was a bit more meaningful, in the sense that <laughs> um, so you'd play like for example, Nationals called Call, of the servers Dark Tide, and it was a hundred percent player versus player meaning anybody can kill anybody at any point there any were no level. there were no pre-made factions where you're forced to be aligned with any somebody. level
0: so you could kill lobies
1: uh, oh yeah <gasps> oh
0: yeah yeah even oh, if you want no
1: yeah so you had to it, it was tough those first 10 or 20 levels so, but
0: so usually when you go onto uh uh any type of uh, uh world Uh, You start out at level one, like a lot of other characters do, and you have to accomplish tasks, whether it be quests, whether it be killing, you know, virtual dragons or something of the matter uh, to gain experience points. And after certain benchmarks, you hit a certain amount of levels, uh, level up, and then after you level up, you get uh to make your spells or abilities stronger. So right. basically what he's talking when we talk about killing lobies, just imagine going onto a server as level 1 and then you just confront let's say a level 100 character where you have n- absolutely no chance against them as far as player versus player. But guess what? Zero since, chance. You since, s- probably since, would literally since there's do zero no damage restrictions on this server. A level 100 yep. can just run around killing anyone, including right. your level 1 newbie self.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and um and that's the sort of um fear that it, people have in um pvp uh servers which is really why that doesn't exist anymore for all intents and purposes um but
0: the, truth the, the th- antithesis of a pvp server is a pve correct pve yeah which is usually stands for player versus anime. where you can't fight other players yeah usually they 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 give you a thing where like you shoot your spells and it just doesn't work on them or your spells just don't fire in the first place so it means that it's just you versus all the uh Uh, Yeah, uh, so you can created created monsters that are are controlled by the computer as opposed to actual players controlling their characters. Right. So so um, but there's so much depth added. Okay, and this is like a a
1: sort of side discussion, but there's a lot of depth added to that fact because your allies matter, your enemies matter, how you behave Mm -hmm. matters, Mm -hmm. and furthermore, on on Asheron's Call, not only could you kill people, but when you were killed you dropped oh no one of your most valuable items per 10 <laughs> levels okay <laughs> <Go> so <on. laughs> so oh, man. so it uh, so yeah, you could loot people. You could you see someone's wearing something. Take nice. away
0: their sure. hard earned weapons, armor.
1: Sure, um, you you could do that. So oh, there were play, there were guilds like mine that would try to enforce some rules and uh, go after other guilds that would engage in that sort of behavior. Anyway, it was just it's just all a, f- a fiction. It's just fun, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, so I was part of this group and. Again, Asher's Call, you didn't know how to cast spells. You had to get that information for people. Also, a member of our guild wrote a p- little piece of software that included all the information about how to cast every spell. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge controversy. It was it was an enormous controversy for this information to so be so he,
0: easily accessible. He wrote like an add-on or
1: something? Um, there weren't add-ons back then, okay. um, but it was just like a standalone program, you know, piece of software. <gasps> that you just where run you in Yeah, you could, um, uh, I forget why it was a piece of software and not just like a a sheet there was there was, a, there was a lot there were like yeah in, in ashley's called there were a lot of like reagents you had to use and mm-hmm. they would they would um based on your your level with a particular type of magic they would destroy they would you know you have to so so get like you
0: could enter like things into this piece of software to like oh right. if, if i had like this what could this i do with these three reagents
1: or that's what do why, I it's need? a piece of software yeah that's why right um so anyway that was a huge controversy so you know um Back then, even then, there with the internet, there was still some scarcity, and and what we have today um, is, especially with gaming, it's it's almost impossible for there to be any type of scarcity of information about a game you're going to play even mm. before it comes out, mm-hmm. even before it comes out. Okay, um, I see I, where you're going with this. Yeah, and so um, that that's a a, a a point of contention with me, and and I and I'm not like not to, it's like how do you solve that problem mm-hmm. you know and, and I've, thought, I've i've tried to think about that and, and, and one of the things that um that i i've i've pondered um, is what if you have games in which the focus isn't so much on stats You know, like you get a new, um, for people listening, you know, an item in Mm -hmm. in one of these games, you might pick up a sword and it says it has an attack power of 10 and then you pick up another one later and it says it has an attack power of 20. Obviously the other one is now irrelevant. Um, and you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's stats essentially, you know, some of these, some of these games turned into glorified Excel spreadsheets and, um, and that's fine. People like that. Um, but there's no mystery. Mm -hmm. There's just none. So, you know, what if you have games where like back in the day, there were, you know, Nintendo games, um, my all time favorite game, Castlevania symphony of the night, Mm. um, where you have things that aren't purely based on stats, but also based on behavior, right? Go on. So in Castlevania symphony of the night, for example, (laughs) you might have two katanas. One is clearly more powerful than the other, Mm -hmm. but what you can't read in a description is, Is that the other one? You can repeatedly mash the button, while the other one you you have about a half a second delay between strikes. Okay. So there you have a behavioral difference, right? That's not only that's that's not only not able to be communicated. You can only experience it, but it's also it also caters to your style of play, right? Like maybe you feel more comfortable being able to spam. Um, low, lower, lower. Yep. Yeah, you know. so um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I just think about making some indie games on my own, and that's like one of my driving philosophies for it. Is mm-hmm. is, you know, how do we create a game where people can't just like, you know, uh, figure out how to min max it?
0: But aren't you? Aren't you always going to get people... Well, one would say that there's just a contingent of video gamers who are min-maxers. Right. And they are going to play that game. And they're going to attempt to figure out, quote, what is the best weapon, the best spell. Not only that, but after figuring out the best weapon and the best spell, uh, spell, the most optimal way to obtain said abilities or weapons or uh, what have you in order to then... Now that I have the quote min-maxed, most optimal character for my play style, now I'm going to run the game and min-max my completion time. How fast I can beat this boss? And that's right. why you get speed runs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right? Isn't it a little? I mean, you're you're just going to get those type of character, those type of players, yeah. regardless. Yeah, you
1: know? and and I think that um, yeah, and and I guess I'm not. Yeah, of course. Someone if someone wants to dedicate the time to play your game and figure out the their, but the point being that you know ideally you'd create a scenario where they can find their best way of playing it, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily one that's universal for everybody. But of course, but and and it's certainly not objective, Mm -hmm. right? Like like when you have um, items that are just objectively better. Yes. Um, and, and look, nobody can make a perfectly balanced game. Mm-hmm. No illusion there. Mm-hmm. But when you make one thing twice as powerful as the other, well, that's just... There's there's no possibility that, you know,
0: um, that you'd ever use the other item, right? Well... Well, you, there's, there's ways to, and th- and that's what World of Warcraft like does a lot of, speaking of, anu- yeah. of, of another MMORPG and a lot of uh, things such as even like League of Legends, there's always uh, the thing, they always come out with patches where uh, the term that they uh, talk about is nerfed, like right. certain things get nerfed, some, some right. things get boosted, you know, they're always looking to, right. uh, quote, make sure that uh, uh, play styles like, all right we know this play style or you like to button mash a lot. Right. But, we, but in that case, if you button mash a lot and like for each press of the button, you do uh, five damage. It's unfair to the guy that doesn't button mash a, a lot. And each press of their button does five damage or something, you know? Yeah. So then you kind of like balance it out where it's like, you right. know, button mash a lot. You're just going to do a little less damage per hit than, you know, this guy who's a little more uh, strategic right. in, the, in their hits. So, well, so, so yeah, this this is this is rich here. This is this is a, a, a topic
1: that I have a lot of feelings
0: about. Well, I want you to hold so, that thought, okay. and I'm going to try and relate it to what people are in in jiu jitsu are okay. like. What the fuck are you talking about, you guys? As far as like balancing <laughs> with, your, with your games and well, imagine it, it, one it, person it, has a level ten armbar. <laughs> Well, well, no no no, here's here, here's here's a good way to put it. Let's just say someone does have a level 10 armbar. Let's say someone is just destroying you with with uh, great armbar attacks. Right. A way to balance that out, obviously if you don't have the great counters is maybe you've got you can beat that person in a leg lock battle, you know? There you go. Now you have a little bit of quote balance in in the match. Now right. it's now it's a matter of like, oh, how, what strategy is it? Well, this guy is obviously going to try and tie you up in ways to optimize uh, their attacks where it leads to an arm bar. This person's obviously going to optimize their attacks or their strategy where they always are getting to your legs. So right. in this in this case, uh, um, it, it's real life and. And, and what we see too, uh, especially as we saw in the in the jiu-jitsu game I don't know if you if you uh, remember but there was an evolution when it uh, you, you start hearing things like more modern guards or open guards right. such as like uh, Like the the spider or the daily La Hiva. and now they have hybrids like a uh, half spider half daily La Hiva. You start hearing things of when they started tying in l- the lapels and start using worm guard And that and then you start using things such as the barambolo, and now you have right. leg drags
1: and, it, and, and and even even I'm sorry, just even traditional um, things like Deep Half. I mean, you have like yeah. Jeff Glover yeah. and um, Ryan, what's that? Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. Um, you know, you have people <laughs> like that who uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, people would say, well, being in Deep Half is a, is a, I, I don't want to be there. Yeah. You know, and, and and would think someone like that's crazy, but they said, mm-hmm. you know what, but me personally... I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable there. I want want to figure it out. Yeah. And yeah, that's sort of, and so, yeah, maybe for 90% of jujitsu practitioners, you would never purposely want to go Mm -hmm. dive under some underneath somebody, Mm -hmm.
0: but there's some people where that works. Yep. And it, and it quote levels out uh, the game in a sense where, especially if like, let's just say for me as one of the more like average height or smaller guys, as as some people like to tease me about, (laughs) Where, yeah, if I try to uh, tangle you up in, in my uh, spider guard against especially someone who uh, uh, has, has much longer limbs than me, probably not going to be as effective. Like, all right, well, I'm going to tie you up in different ways. I, I can probably drag, uh, arm drag you a little faster. I can probably get to your legs a, a, a little quicker. There are uh, techniques that um, either through just familiarity with them, through uh, uh, constant practice of, of them or the frequency where I arrive them where I use them more than than you would you would use different techniques more than than I would it could be a, a, a preference thing the end result uh, that we want for all of those submissions or attacks or sweeps that we use is uh, eventually victory eventually we want to try and uh, either uh, hold them in the, in the dominant position and gain enough points, or the most optimal thing to lead to submission, where you end, end the match sure. that way. <coughs> and so, you this is what happens in video games a lot as well too, especially games uh, like League of Legends or World of Warcraft, where there is a purpose too to their uh, to the games. It's either to uh, defeat this final boss. It's to clear this dungeon. It's to beat this player one on one in uh, player versus player, uh, where uh, quote, beating them can lead to different ways to do so. Obviously, uh, you would think off the top of your head, okay, hit them enough times with a fireball or hit them with a sword so they lose all their hit points, boom, you beat them. Other ways <coughs> that it happens as well, too, is that. Uh, you're fighting and you're at the edge of a cliff. Hey, all you got to do is knock them off into. You don't have to, you know, essentially right. get them down to zero you hit points. Draw them
1: into some high level uh, uh, PVE character. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: that 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 Or or uh, I, I've done that as as, as well. You kite uh, a right. high level PVE uh, dragon from uh, out of the thing. Like, all right, bye, and you teleport out and like, wait, wait, what the fuck? And then they they're one, <laughs> yeah. they're one on one against uh, a monster that that they can't handle like like the uh well, he, this he isn't quite yeah, we did with the famous
1: uh Leroy Jenkins he just decides to. What,
0: <laughs> he just goes. That was that was just an example of just um, recklessly of of reckless abandonment of like. All right, there's a very intricate strategy that we have to. And he's like, all right, who who the fuck cares, her the famous <laughs> battle cry, and he just jumps in without any, you know, not following any strategy, and he basically gets his whole party killed yeah, because he was just it, like,
1: like, a party, <laughs> it was like, it was like a forty man yes. raid,
0: wasn't it? Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So.
0: I want to give it. I I want to. Did did you have anything more to talk about, as far as like uh, the what you were just saying with video game and and balance? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: I have an analogy. Yeah, I was just thinking.
1: Um, If you go to a a really good restaurant, you get a menu, right? Mm -hmm. If you go to a great restaurant, what happens? I mean, epic, great restaurant. They make the food for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a typical thing with sushi, right? Like you, 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 you go to um, a really good sushi place around here. Um, you're gonna order what you want. You go sit at the bar at a really super high end. Of the famous, um, there's that documentary on Netflix about uh, that famous. Jiro s- dreams of sushi. Yes, you go there. You ask what you. You try to tell him what you want to order. He's gonna like kick you out of the place. Yeah, he's saying, "I know what you want to eat. <laughs> I, I'm gonna figure it out." <coughs> I wish more video game developers were like that. I am Ooh. so tired of of video game developers that constantly want to cater to every single person that complains. Uh, and Blizzard games, uh, in particular, uh, are really bad about that. And and I would I just want I like developers. I like like uh, Miyazaki at From Software who makes Dark Souls, and he says, mm-hmm. "Fuck you! You want to play? It? You want to get to the end of this game?" beat it yep there's no no special way you can get there (laughs) this is a hard-ass game it is and if you want it to be different go play something else (laughs) you know um and and they and 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 mind you games like that there's some rebalancing that it does get done but for the most part my point being you define uh, you have developers that create games that that they drive, you know, and and <clears throat> that's why I love indie games. I'm a big fan of indie games because mm-hmm. indie developers, you know, you, you have game, like Super Meat Boy is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Super Meat Boy is a great game.
0: Yep, that game's like it, insanely it's insanely hard. It's got a very interesting concept to it as well. Yeah, wh- where where you you, you it's a, you're meant to be like. You're meant to die, right. but then when you finally beat the level, what happens? They they uh, replay every single one of yeah. your deaths, and and, and it, it does it incrementally to kind of show you the, your progress as you learned right. the level, which right. is a very
1: you know go on. So so and and, and I understand there's also different types of games. So it, obviously, um, what I'm talking about is mostly for a single player game, right? If you have a, a competitive game, that's a different scenario because if you have gross imbalances or something like that, um, that needs to be addressed um, most likely um but um i mean look i if you go on any of the i mean uh, blizzard i love blizzard um but one of the things that drives me crazy about that i mean their forums are like the most toxic place on earth wow, you're oh pre- you're preaching you're, pre- you're preaching brother oh my god i because was i was every, one of the i was and, one of those why that is made it toxic like that. back in the day yeah yeah well sure i'm well, sure i was well, at some we, point But know, why I, is it like that because i,
0: I can i yeah. can actually get into that uh later on or if you want to get into it right now. Do you want to get into it right now? Sure. Go ahead. What uh provide your argument, not more argument or let's start the discussion on toxic, you know. Go ahead. Okay,
1: so there's <clears throat> there are differences between someone asking, someone identifying um, a problem with your game and wanting to vote. Oh, are we it. talking
0: about just uh, like 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 people um, um, not within game like asking about certain player classes or this dungeon or sure, this let's, raid like, let's or are we talking about like uh, 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 people who own the game and then talking about the game? Right,
1: right. So I'm, I'm talking about someone who uh, owns the game. Okay. And maybe they notice something like, "Oh, you know, this spell um, it costs this much and does this much damage, but this other one it does the same damage, but it costs 10 times as much. Okay, well, maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's like, oh, that was an unintended consequence because we thought this would happen, but it didn't. Okay, fine. Yes. Um. Uh, and then there's also people that are just like, you know, I think the game should be this way. Yeah. And then a lot of that. Yes. Especially with Blizzard stuff because they mm-hmm. give into it. Yeah, they just do. Yeah, yeah, and and it's not League of Legends. Um, something something like that is a little different because it's competitive. And then you have like World of Warcraft, for example, or Diablo.
0: That's not. So, comp- so it's, well, well, World Warcraft can get a, a little mix of both too, because World Warcraft does have a bit of a PvP aspect, and yeah. also at the same time there are yeah, but ra- it's not like races. There yeah. are races too. Uh, I was in a hardcore guild that was in part of this. They yeah, were what do they race, call that? The first world first. World of first. Yeah. Defeating you know the that's awesome. Yeah. If so. you if you can be that yes great. That's <laughs> that's a that's but they are but there there's a lot of argument going on f- between those guilds that do. Are like rival guilds yeah. c- competing for that world first that do complain about the game in certain aspects as well too. But yeah, yeah Please go
1: so anyway, so I, I just feel like they, they become a toxic place because you have a developer that's mm-hmm. not willing to just say, this is the game we made. Mm-hmm. This well, is the game we made. True. And if you, you know, I, I, I just, I, I like that. I like, I like vision. Mm-hmm. I like vision. And, um, sometimes you know Overwatch. Uh, I'm not really familiar <laughs> with like how how bad Overwatch has been. I only played it for a short time, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I don't mean to single out Blizzard. They just happen to be um, one of the most. Po- they're like the Nintendo of PC gaming. I mean they're they're amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take any of that away at all. I mean there's nobody in the PC realm, short of maybe Valve, mm-hmm. maybe um, that that creates games that are um, is easy to play and accessible while maintaining so much depth Mm -hmm. um anyway that's a side note um but yeah i mean you just don't have as much like vision it's just not as much vision and i'm maybe i'm a little old school in that sense you know Mm -hmm. because i I just but i i I sort of long for that day that the the types of games where they create the game that they want you to play Mm. and you figure it out
0: gotcha i love that I think, uh, what would you say as far as um, a service like Steam Mm -hmm. where you can, as you've mentioned, in indie games where you can do a search for such kind of games such as a Super Meat Boy or things that are outside the realm of a World of Warcraft or a Call of Duty or your other uh, very popular AAA, as they would say, titles where Mm -hmm. they're going to try something, quote, different like a Dark Souls or even something even more uh, esoteric. Like, right. uh, I, I know there are a lot of like, I, I remember after watching Walking Dead, I got into a huge hunt for like the perfect zombie survival. DayZ. <laughs> yeah, there is there was Daisy, there was like Day 42, or, or there's a bunch of them on, and they all have their own different types of mechanics. Some of them believe that um, you shouldn't have any weapons. Some of them believe that, oh, you should be able to uh, craft your weapons, but as you do that, you have an energy bar To that like you can only craft so much and then night and day and then some people believe that uh your there should be your weapons should have very low durability so if you use it too much you lose it even though you you just gain this amazing weapon or something like that you know what i mean they have a bunch that have their own idea of like oh this is how a, a, a zombie apocalypse uh game should be which is Outside of what and they're all trying it and and some of them are spectacularly fail and some of them like they kind of succeed But they don't because other parts of them because they're all still trying all these like different ideas, right? You know what I mean? so and There's that aspect of it where I'd like your opinion on that as far as satiating your need for quote I I need this type of game versus what what you have to, what I realized like a long time ago is that this is the gaming industry, just like the quote music industry, right? where, yeah, it's cool that you want in de- uh, developers to say, hey, I want to write this for you and fuck you if you don't like it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, all right, but what if you are a developer on a A title where a, there's a lot of money being invested in it? And there's a lot of families that are being fed that that there's uh, families that have flown out to this region of the of the world in order to develop the game with you together. And, you know, the success of the game uh, relies on sales and relies on as many people shelling out money as possible in order to, you know, so. At a certain point, you kind of got to give in, to, especially for those AAA titles, they got to give in to certain bits of user feedback as well, too. So. Yeah,
1: I that, I mean, that's that's a great point. Um, there's, there's some thoughts I have there. Um, sure. In, ter- in terms of, um, and, and I'm going to have to switch to types of games we're talking about, I think. Of course. Um, but first, uh, in terms <laughs> of like something like World of Warcraft, for example... Um, I think it's questionable whether you're getting more sales based on the behavior that, that I'm describing that I have an issue with. I mean, these are people that are, are probably the most hardcore players you have anyway. Um, but, you know, but I don't know. I, mean, I, I totally know what you're saying. But, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, even though World of Warcraft is quote-unquote accessible, that's still fundamentally uh, pretty hardcore. Um, it is. Uh, and the MMO genre in, in general is you're getting pretty core – Pretty core gamers, but, you, but you, are, you'd you, have
0: to. If we played it now, if we, if you and I hooked up World of Warcraft now with this latest expansion, mm-hmm. compared to your experience with uh, what is it, Ash, uh, Ashram's Call, yeah. Ashram's Call. I think you'd be like, Yeah, this is a walking up this is a this is a Disney World uh, ride. Yeah, well, they them to- <laughs> yeah, they call them roller coaster. Yeah, they call Yeah. I mean I, I love World of Warcraft,
1: man. I played yeah. that from day one. I was actually a beta tester for that before oh, it came nice. out back in the nice. day when I was in college. I was skipping classes and playing as like a gnome priest, you know? And um or dwarf priest. And um <clears throat> uh yeah, so I mean, it's it's, it's certainly a, a cool game. I, I um, stopped playing when I realized that they would just intentionally, um, uh, make, <coughs> you know, the intentional obsolescence drove me crazy. We I, mean, I get I got like the first expansion, I you know what it was called, with an O right, but the uh, first expansion was Burning Crusade. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Burning yeah. Crusade. I don't know why I said O. Um, you know, when you're picking up common items that are like better than your legendaries, I'm just like, oh, give me a break. Uh-huh. You know, you spend, you spend like all these hours making like the coolest gear and then it's like, oh, this like goblin just dropped a spear that's like better. 10 times better. Okay. Anyway, that's a side, side note. Um, but in terms of going outside of that genre, because like I said, I think that's inherently um, somewhat hardcore, even though that's mm-hmm. gotten big. Mm-hmm. Um, I make a differentiation. Let's go into the console realm more, right? Sure. So you have games like you're mentioning. Call You have Call of Duty. Um and focusing um, on the single player aspect of that more. Okay. Um and you have uh maybe maybe Uncharted falls into this category, but you have these types of games. Mm-hmm. I, I define I actually refuse to define them as video games. Hmm. I define them as interactive entertainment.
0: Go on. Yeah,
1: And and, and that's not to say there aren't elements of them that are um, challenging.
0: So now you're
1: going to have to define
0: interactive entertainment versus (laughs) defining what a video game is then. So go for it.
1: Yeah. And and by the way, this is sort of uh, my own arbitrary, of course, distinction, um, Mm -hmm. just for the purposes of describing what I'm trying to describe. Um, You know, an interactive game is something that sort of... Uh, and for all intents and purposes, hold your hand through it. You don't really have much in terms of uh, choice. So a lot of times, not much in terms of challenge. Yes. Um, and you certainly have the option of not having challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, so you you have these types of games where you're just sort of riding along with the game. And, um, and mm-hmm. that's not to say there aren't... I mean, that's, I'm not defining that as, as like a derogatory thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's a category that yeah. I struggle to call Um, a video game in the sense of the way i grew up with what video games are understood and um and often they're real they're based on realism right Uh they try to they attempt to mimic realism in some way um you know and they try to not be a video game essentially they try to provide some level of interactivity but they you know um i mean (laughs) and there's well, uh, never mind. No, I don't want to say what i was going to say. Sure. Um, <laughs> it was like a half-baked thought. Um, but then you have, you have what I call, like, I like to call uh, this other category, which is games, which is, it's, it's, doesn't try to hide the fact that it's a game. Okay. It's, you know, it's, we're playing something. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, if it, it, it's either, um, you know, getting through it is not given. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe it's a cool type of game like um, I mean, Tetris is the classic example of mm-hmm. simple gameplay, infinite possibility. I think Rocket League mm-hmm. is an awesome example of, of, of that in the modern day where it's just like this. And that is a competitive game. I think the most competitive game. And you, 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 it's just simple. It's a video game. Okay. It's, it's, it's creating a game, a sport that can never happen in real life. Right. And it doesn't try to hide that. You <laughs> just have fun. You, you, yeah. you and, and, um, <coughs> and, uh, I, I just, I, I really, I really enjoy that. Um, that's my preference for games. I still play, you know, a little bit of everything, but, um, I think that there's a big distinction in this day and age between, you know, um, different different types of games and, and maybe maybe that distinction can also be determined in large part by what you were describing which is well you know you want to make games that people are going to buy in mass and um uh, it's hard though you know do you do you you know is a game that costs 100 million dollars because they want to put two hours with the cutscenes in it mm-hmm. um more profitable than you know someone who just makes a great game
0: that you or, play or the latest trend, which is like kind of, or, you have like, or, or put out a somewhat complete game and then do a bunch of microtransactions, oh, yeah. oh, which true. is the newest uh, trend right. of it all. But go
1: on. You know, I, I noticed that, uh, that you guys um, have talked a bit about Stardew
0: Stardew Valley. Yes. Yeah. That's a that's, cool little that's, game. That's Jess's, uh, that's Jess's bag. Yeah. Game's I, cool. I, I understand. I understand the appeal of it. Yeah. I have yeah. it for PS4 and I, mm-hmm.
1: um, I, I might buy it for Switch at some point. <laughs> um, I, I'm in the middle of uh, this like <laughs> Japanese RPG on Switch that's probably gonna take over my life for like
0: the next year. Uh, Does it begin with a D? Yeah, Disgaea 5. <sighs> is it like Final Fantasy Tactics? Yes. Yeah, that's the one that's been recommended to it me as well, too. It is so good. And now, it's that, an now that it's been recommended to me twice, I am not gonna play it. Yeah, it's, Because I'm, I know what'll happen to yeah, me. Yeah, it's not,
1: it's not like an infinite uh, ride. I mean, there's, just I know. A, there's a ton I know. of content. I think I've unlocked like 25 classes, oh and there's no God, end in sight. Just like, just I'm like, stop. I can be a it, pirate? You know, you
0: know what this you know is? This, this is like him talking about the best for people who don't understand, like, what I'm going right now This is like him describing the best slice of pizza in New York right now, or in this new pizza restaurant, and I'm just like fuck great, you. Great, uh, uh, shut up.
1: A great, a great uh set of ribs to um, a, a Muslim or something. Oh Jesus, Jesus, man. Come on. Anyway. Um, please go uh, on. Uh but but yeah, so these are just like they're just game. Like I played this this awesome game on Switch called mm-hmm. Golf Story. I think it was golf RPG. What was it called? golf story it's uh, a, it's, uh, a, it's a it's a, like a 2d rpg where you play golf uh-huh. it's amazing it's it just like it's just a wow. fun game you know um so they don't all have to be like these hardcore oh, you no, know no, dark not. souls or super meat boy type <laughs> of game uh, another game that uh, i really like that kind of fell in in the middle of that category was Braid. Did you play Braid back in the uh,
0: day? I I only played a little bit of it. That one was the was that uh, like time manipulation? Yes, yes, yes. Is Jonathan
1: uh, Jonathan Blow? who's like an independent mm-hmm. developer. Unfortunate name. Um, it's a great game though, yeah. and it's it's very hard, and it really challenges like your concept of reality in a mm-hmm. way. Um, I mean, because the idea of time manipulation is so hard to fathom. So you have to do it in that game in some
0: ways. One of the best ones I played was uh, one of the AAA titles back in the day was uh, Prince of Persia, the Prince oh, of Persia yeah. series. Yeah. that was that was a cool concept with like time manipulation. Yeah, too.
1: That was too Sands yeah. of Time, I think it was called. Yeah, that was a good. That was actually really, that was a, one of the very few you know like remakes, mm-hmm. not a remake, but um like an older series that came forth in 3D that really translated well.
0: What's so, your What's your example? I, I kind of understand a bit of what your definition is now of interactive, uh, what did you say, interactive games or interactive media? Movies or something. Movies yeah. versus video games. What, what are some examples of... And you gave examples of, quote, what you thought were video games. What are examples of what you would give for interactive media or interactive games?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think um, it, it, can, it can vary. I mean, I think that there's... Uh, I, I sort of put the Uncharted games in there. Okay. Because the Uncharted games, you sort of... I mean, they're cool in that way. I mean, you but you just kind of like... You're along for the ride. All right. You know, you're just like, whoa, what's going on? Um, you have games like that. You have... Um, I've never been like a huge metal gear fan and I can't, really? I can't totally say that it would fall into this category. Mm. Um, but I can't, I can't deal with games where I got to watch a cutscene for an hour. I, I, I just, I can't deal with it. So I don't know if that falls into that category or not. I don't know that it does. Cause I know that the gameplay in those games is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they certainly are telling a story from, <laughs> from beginning to end. Um, uh, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of those games. I just I gotcha. struggle I struggle with
0: uh, exten- just extensive yeah, you, stories. Yeah. yeah, You don't like the, uh, the if I want to watch a movie, I'll watch one. It, it, it's either movies or uh, extended load screen times are probably your bane of, <laughs> of, of existence. Although, have hey, you ever have you ever played any of the Telltale games? I actually started
1: The Walking Dead, and it was very good. That's I really enjoyed it. Now it, that's that's your, truly your, An interactive. Movie I was about to intentionally, say intentionally. Right? Yes. Yes. And that's great. I know Jackie brought up heavy rain last week when she mm-hmm. was here uh, that was a cool game that she yeah. really liked and that yeah I mean that's unapologetically an interactive movie that's you know if you call developer and said hey is this an interactive movie they say mm-hmm. yes it's the <laughs> best one. you know yes it is
0: <laughs> so I think what happens is and I'll tell when we were talking about like gaming forums um, what happened was as far as far as what I was doing because now this was gamers versus other gamers when we were talking and it got down to the point where, remember, you were saying like, "Oh, dude, when I'm playing like Burning Crusade, I can't believe that this like this expansion, like all these weapons that I had worked so hard on, are now all of a sudden like obsolete." Right. Especially after I spent all that, and then it's kind of like, oh, "Well, you know, dude, it's expansion. You know, more weapons for you to work for." Right. There was a lot of talk about like uh, when when they were introducing like new raids, with raids being like this is the new end game. Right. So. <coughs> for people who don't understand that in MMORPGs, one of the appeals about it, where, uh, let's say you play like a single player game, like a Mario, where uh, the purpose is to, you know, progress through all the levels and then beat the final boss at the end with Mario. You can think of it as like, if Mario were an MMORPG, you're introduced to other characters when you play Mario, like, you know, Luigi and and Toad and Princess and and a bunch of whole cast of characters. You can think of it that you... And 25 other people that are playing either friends of Mario or friends of toad or friends of peach or in this case When you play back in the day 39 other people, right all at the same time getting on your headsets You are all in this world together All of you and you are all fighting against Bowser at the end (laughs) and Bowser has been configured and has been written uh, programmed to be a uh, this this final battle where Unless all forty of you coordinate, you're not going to be able to uh, beat Bowser at the end. That's the best. That's the best way I can put like an MMO RPG like boss battle or or a fight. So the arguments a lot of what happens at the end, and this is where we can probably fa- fall down another rabbit hole. Is do usually when you beat these bosses, especially when because it takes effort, it takes time and effort to put together. 39 other people or when i was playing uh 24 other people it takes effort to get them all on at the same time to all kind of like all right here's your role in this fight here's your role in this fight uh here's the strategy that we're gonna use because each one of them is it's not just oh just jump on his head and he's dead it's like multi-phase it can be like oh you have to uh um get him down a certain amount of hit points by attacking his side all of a sudden his attack pattern changes now he jumps onto this platform and now uh the people who didn't do as much in the first phase now right. it's, it, this is your role now in the second phase and it could be a multi-phase fight as well too these boss battles can last half an hour can last longer. Sometimes they uh, uh, do things called an enraged timer at the right. end that if you don't beat the boss within this amount of time, all of a sudden their, their abilities like triple in damage. And it's meant to say like, you ran out of time where you're about to get your asses kicked. Right. <laughs> so these are hard fights basically. And then right. after you, if you do end up beating a boss, you get loot. Yay. Yeah. You get cool things at the end. And, these usually result in the best weapons or the best armor or the best gear of the game for and and you a lot of times they're random drops meaning that like let's say uh um what was i using i was using the mario analogy sometimes the 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 weapons that drop mario can't use it's right. only for it's only for uh, Luigi to use, right. um, and sometimes you do are, are, are able to get the best uh, a piece of gear drops for you, but it's like armor. So it's like a new right. pair of overalls, and it's not like an actual like weapon you can use next time. So what this mean? What does this mean? Hey, you get to either fight another boss or come back another day, do that fight all over again, and hope. While, you know, cordi-
1: while you're while you still having to include the guys that did give a, get what they wanted, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yep.
0: Yeah. And and you hope that a piece of gear, you know, through some you know random roll in the uh, the random number generator in the video game. Um, anyway. So, it has a little bit of a gambling aspect of it yeah. as well, too. So, you that's can see.
1: That, that, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know ahead. this, but that's coming up as a legislative issue. Really? Not not in, in um, this is kind of a side note, but not, I don't think, killing a boss and there being loot, but loot boxes. Oh, I got gotcha. you. like in... Like in mm-hmm. um, rocket league for example yes. you can get, randomly get loot boxes yep. then you pay like a yep. dollar for a key oh, and you get something random like an actual i don't mind it <coughs> i i actually a it's real the, life it's dollar the only a real micro, life dollar yeah right? it's the only I'm micro it's the only micro attraction yep. game I've ever paid for because I like to let's, support. Let's
0: yeah, mark, okay, mark, okay. mark that topic all down. Right, Cause right. that's actually something that we, we can get into. So what, what I was uh, talking about previously, as far as the, this type of loot, this was all like all within the game. You don't have to pay anything extra. This is just like, if you paid a subscription of $10 per month or what have you, anything is, all everything drops. You don't have to pay anything extra for it in order to get uh, this gear. So now that you've got that gear, right? Um, you now have, quote, one of the best, let's just say best case scenario, okay, you got the best weapon, the best arm in the game, yay! So, a lot of the forum arguing was due to the fact that, hey, it's hard to get together, you know, 39, 24 other people in order to do these raids. (sighs) I want that weapon! Right. So, it's like, all right, then go raid. No! And then they give a long list of excuses of why this game is broken, and I should get this weapon right and it's and you just shake your head you're like dude they get us and and this was what developers of world warcraft had to deal with all the time because a lot of a lot of people um quote and obviously i'm on my uh elitist uh RPG hardcore raider soapbox here because i invested a lot of the hours and the time in, into you know playing the game of uh, they want to feel just as quote uh accomplished or powerful or as special as the people who are part of that, like, you know, that rating group who did invest that amount of time and like, but no, unless you actually play the game, unless you actually beat this boss, you're not going to get that like stuff. Right. But they would argue like, no, but you know, it's about having fun and it's about et cetera, et cetera. It's just kind of like, you know, so they had to find ways. uh, The developers had to find ways for them to, all right, Here's now Now instead of like you having to know people in real life to get together a party of 39 other people or 24 other people, now they have actual... It's an icon. Raid Finder. Click a raid. Oh, right. And it'll automatically sync you up with a, a bunch of other random people. Which is really people. hard. Yeah. Which is, to, you know... To
1: like do like a pub group
0: in uh, <laughs> yeah. like some so, epic fight. So what Pasquale is referring to, a pug group stands for pickup group, which means you're just... Put together with 24 random people, you don't know what, how much playing experience they have. You don't know if they're, you don't know if they've done this fight before. You don't know how good yeah, they and, are. Yeah,
1: and just to re, to really reiterate, I mean, yeah. these types of fights require intense coordination. Yes, between yes. players. Like, yeah, you have anyway. Okay.
0: So the best way I can uh, relate to for all our jiu-jitsu friends and all of our mixed martial arts friends is that when you go into When we watch like fights, like let's say uh, One of the recent ones like GSP versus uh, Bisping sure GSP doesn't go into it blind (laughs) He doesn't just go. Yeah, I'm just gonna go in and let's just see what happens. No, These are high-level fights where he's going against a high-level competitor. He had to study tape He had to train himself. He had to realize his weaknesses you know, right. his he trained strengths. The people that he knew, not he trained his people that he knew. He had to find people that could fight like Bisping, right? He had to find ground coaches that could f- have a jujitsu game similar to, to a Bisping so he can go over every single scenario. What can happen here? Oh, let's just say Bisping has been known for the past few fights, been able to get the back and choke people out. Okay. He's probably on a hot streak of that. Better get good people who are uh, good at rear naked chokes and 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 back and rear control to uh, train with, so we can train all these escapes. Right. That's for you, one person, right? That's his role only for a one-on-one fight. Remember what I said about that Mario analogy against Bowser. You're going against uh, a Bowser that's tuned. That fight that is that can only be beaten if 29 other people or 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 uh, what is it? Uh, whatever, multiple people have to be on point, right? So that, what does that mean? So it means that each individual person has to not, I wouldn't say train like uh, a GSP going against a Bisping, but they have to study up on that sure like boss imagine fight.
1: imagine GSP <coughs> four weeks before the fight they're like okay mm-hmm. we're gonna look in the um, classifieds and see what striking trainers looking for a yep. job you know yep. y- you just get a random team of people there's, there's who might like, be great but you don't even if they are you've never worked with them you yep. have four weeks you know mm-hmm.
0: and there's, there's an, an amount of preparation that you have to do on your own right right this I, I'm still talking about the individual right here just just your right. individual role you have to do a preparation to know what your role is. You have to know in that uh, in that Bowser fight what he's capable of, what he usually does in his first phase, in the second phase, in his third phase. What does he do when he's staggered? What does he What does he do when he's on his back? What does he do? When, all right, now that you understand all that, we're gonna put you into a party of uh, twenty nine other, like, like I said, thirty nine other people or twenty four other people. Now. These other people, especially in a pickup group, as you just said, you don't know them at all. Right. Half of them probably didn't do any of their research. Half of them probably read up on the fights and have the wrong strategy. Or two know?
1: people could be, you know, like the same class and think that they're both going to do the same job. You know. Yep. In I, other um, words, I, I was. <laughs> I I never got super into raiding, but there was mm-hmm. that ten-man raid. The the like first one people would do is start with the yeah. Um, the one that had the fight where you'd go on stage <laughs> and there was like Little Red Riding Hood boss remember there was like the <sighs> big bad wolf
0: this is really
1: Kaz- kazak Kaz- kazak yeah Kaz- k- starts like a k yeah anyway, anyway
0: i know i think i know what you're, you're Karazan
1: is- or something like that
0: this is going uh, way yeah. back well yeah it. like yeah. i was
1: i was like a shadow priest that had to uh-huh. keep up i was my my job was just keeping up vampiric embrace do you remember that no do you remember vampiric i what think what, they, what is that too i think they removed it it was um uh it would regenerate it was an area effect regeneration of mana Oh, so you had to... Mm, so, and I forget how so you, you had to maintain support, it. you played a support role, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, you're a shadow priest, so you're like barely DPS. Oh, and you but, you But you could, you could me... keep up vampiric embrace. And there was some
0: condition, yes. like yes. I forget what it was. Yes. And then like patch heal people. So the best... <clears throat> oh, my God. Here we go. Here's an analogy for that, uh, a mixed martial arts uh, analogy for that. You have cut men, folks. Right, you have your people on on in between rounds, right? Who have to like heal up your characters. So imagine during the like during this boss fight, obviously you're taking damage. You have a group of people, whether it be like ten people, five people, depending on the size of the whole party. Like I said, you can have forty man raids, twenty five man raids, where their sole purpose is to know how that Bowser's attacks, what its damage is going to do to all these uh, players and you're either running around or 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 staying in place or hiding behind something and and strategically healing everybody strategically right. running around like oh shit this person's cut over the eye run to them quick uh, like uh, a royal rumble yeah like quickly <laughs> uh, get oh this person just injured their leg quick run over there get them a, get them an ice pack like a medic basically in war right. you're just running around and you have to coordinate it with like oh shit here comes a huge attack and so uh, you ha- And you have to do that without dying yourself, because if you die, guess what? You're down a healer, and now they their fight is just uh, even harder to do. So if this sounds like a clusterfuck, it is. And that's why the uh, a word he threw out very, very early in the podcast is a guild. A guild is a group of other players that you invest time to kind of like... It's your team. You kind of get to know each other. Maybe you don't know each other in real life, but you kind of understand and you... Essentially, uh, you know, you raid together and you practice together. You kind of learn what each other's like uh, uh, Abilities are or how they are as a leader or a follower or you know, what have you some of them are assholes Some of them like you can't you can't talk to them a certain to you, you just learn how to interact with each other Which right?
1: is why 100% PvP is awesome <laughs> Because you can just kill that person yeah. and teach them a lesson <laughs>
0: But in any case, when you do coordinate <laughs> together, when it, when it's a well coordinated, well oiled machine, that's when you have your best chances of beating said bosses. And um, sometimes these bosses, uh, especially when I, when when I was mentioning like the top guilds in the world, some of these bosses are are programmed in a way where unless everyone is a hundred percent on their toes, a hundred percent on, their, and they follow their strategy exactly you should be able to beat them within like an inch of your life within like the very last hit point that you have in your character, you should be able to uh, destroy that boss. But that's very rare. And that's why they have races to like, who's the first like guild that can beat this boss world first to beat this superly uh, uh, difficult, uh, boss. Right. So all of that buildup that, that I just said, uh the, long, the the skinny of it is is that it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of coordination in order to destroy the bosses so the developers reward you with great prizes gifts gear uh what what have you and a lot of people who didn't want to go through that whole path of learning the fights or getting together or or taking the time to learn uh um uh, the other members of the guild and getting to know each other or essentially just being a great team player they wanted still the glory of being able to call themselves, yeah. Oh, look at this, I got this piece of yeah, right. well you didn't really, you know,
1: yeah, and there, so there, I mean there's a slight nuance to that. I, I would say that it's it's fine for someone to want some opportunity as a solo player to mm-hmm. obtain <coughs> something. Maybe it's maybe they create a great dungeon that's super hard for one person to do. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the same. Here, right, like, yep. I mean, but yeah, there's the, there's certainly like a, this weird sense of entitlement that comes yes. along with those games, yes. especially. Mm. And and there you go. This is getting there into like go. my 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 old PvP days because what I really liked about the fact, just to briefly go back there, is that it 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 wasn't just the fashion show because mm. it mattered if you like. uh My wife Jackie, she plays a lot of soccer, mm. and she always says, "If you're the one out on the soccer field that has pink cleats on." you better be you better be the best person on that field <laughs> and that's what pvp servers are like if you're gonna walk around with your big ass shiny armor you better be ready because someone's yep. coming after you yep and it makes like lower level stuff become more appealing because sometimes you <laughs> you know you just got to wear your leather stuff you know or, mm-hmm. or whatever anyway uh yeah but there is there's like this weird sense of uh entitlement that, that i i you know i think was fostered a bit uh by the developers but i it's also
0: an impossible position and, and is. i get it's, it it's it's a it's a hard position but i think a, a lot of it comes from just as you said a sense of entitlement and just like oh well i paid 60 dollars for this game i should be i should be able to you know and it's kind of right. like that's why it's in your definition I mean, look, I have that's a, why it's in your definition it's a game right there's a, there's a, a bunch of rules that you have right. to follow and here's these tasks in this case this boss you have to defeat here we've laid out exactly how you should do this do it now right so So, and and i i mean
1: i i have the same feeling um i've had discussions about like the dark souls games for example Mm -hmm. um where people will say you know well why isn't there like a setting for like an easier mode because you're not supposed to see <laughs> the end of the game yep. if you don't want to get there, mm. if you don't want to do the work, right? Yep. And that's what's fun about it. Like, yeah. I don't know, there's some um, measure of uh, accomplishment that's like, okay, you know, you, and by the way, they're not like that hard that, like, you you know, they're not like impossible games. I mean, they're certainly nowhere near as hard as Super Meat Boy, for example, mm-hmm. who, like, genuinely, mm-hmm. like, pe- there's people that just will not be able to 100% the game, you know? Um <laughs> But like you know, but they're they're um, and, and and going back to uh, what I was originally saying about behavioral changes. Uh, one of the cool things they do in those games is they and yeah, there's no official uh, difficulty setting, but there are certain uh, items that you can obtain different in different ways that will change the difficulty of different areas of the game. So there's there's like some ways they do things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I feel I feel exactly the same way. It's like okay, no, but if you want to like get to this boss and and you know um, you and, and what they do in those games on if you've played them um, that
0: that led to a lot of toxic uh, um, a lot of flame wars and and a lot of trolling a lot of everything as you can imagine between oh uh, there's one thing to have flame wars between like people just like generally but to have like flame and trolling wars between Uber nerds, yeah. like this, uh, between between MMORPG fans. Oh God, you oh uh, they're horrible. Phew. They're horrible. I was and I was right in, right in the middle. And that's of why them. like it would be so satisfying they, they, if they, one they, day
1: like a, a Blizzard dev just gets on there and says like fuck you. Just play
0: the game. <laughs> I mean, I, it, like it was, I feel like I remember they I was would there have, like drawn some <laughs> boundaries of people, maybe, like, but it's just like, I it's remember, been so long. I remember I, I was on there and, 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 and I was like, no, you should, because at that time I was a hardcore raider and I was like, no, you shouldn't get my gear or, or right. something. And I remember the amount of times I was called an elitist jerk, <laughs> which is by the way, a website by, uh, called elitist com And they provide very good information on how nice. to do the, uh, how to do the rape fights. I don't know if they're still around, but, amount of times i i i was called strand i'm just like i was thinking about it. I'm like uh, well yeah I, I fucking put
1: it. <laughs> i look at it like this right you have someone that um comes into jujitsu as a new person okay and maybe Maybe they've been there for a little while and Mm -hmm. they feel like, oh, it's time for my blue belt. Ah, right. Ah. And you have people that sometimes bunch of people rolling their eyes right now. Yeah. I'm ready for my blue belt. I'm going to demand it, you know, which doesn't always happen, but does. Mm -hmm. I remember.
0: uh, I do remember it too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Go on. Um, (coughs) And uh, it's like, no, put in the work. Um, And and where this is really applicable, just getting into jujitsu a little bit, um, is are strong people. People are, that are very athletic and very strong get a very false sense early on, mm-hmm. right? Because you might come in and start tapping people out that are white belts, yep. Because you're just you're strong, out, you're out athletic. You're athletic. Yeah. But then what will happen is around like two, three stripes, um, they keep progressing and you don't because you haven't worked the technique. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's a very I, in, in, from my experience, it's a very common place where you start mm. seeing people that are um, maybe haven't done that work. And, and let themselves maybe lose a little bit so uh-huh. they can actually practice technique. Um, start saying like, Oh, why well, should be a, I, I used to tap that. I tap that guy sometimes. <laughs> and why he, why is he going to get yeah. his belt? And I'm not, yeah. well, it's like, yeah, but I mean, but you're just like grabbing, you know, his arm and just cranking it as hard as you can in uh-huh. here, like from, you know, while you're being mounted or something, you know, like, <laughs> like you're just, you know, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, anyway, you get my point.
0: no, nah. Um, yeah, this is, you could even go further with it as far as, all right, I deserve this belt. And then lately what I, I see a lot too is, um, a bunch of people who, especially with the, the, the explosion of social media and the explosion of, of being able to market, uh, yourself as, as a brand, uh, some of the best competitors competitors in the world. You know them now due to sure. uh, uh, them being public figures. Like, if I tell you, who if I just say Marcelo Garcia, you're like, Jesus Christ, I've seen all those highlight reels, like a Hodrick Gracie, the Mendez brothers. Um, uh, who, who did you mention uh, previously? Jeff Glover. He's also a, 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 another high-level competitor who's also all over the place. It also helps that
1: he likes to roll in like a onesie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But when you see all that, and you see the popularity of those uh, type of competitors, um, you suddenly get a, a bunch who want to get that type of fame, I would say, without actually, oh, sure. you know. So then it, it it's kind of like, dude, just, just you know, who the, you know what they do. They're high-level competitors. Keyword competitor. So what do you got to do? You got to compete. You know what I mean? Right. So just go in there and and uh put everything on the line if you want that type of you know if you want that either notoriety or you want that fame you gotta as you said you gotta work for it so it, yeah and, absolutely and you gotta and, and and not you only to that, be honest with yourself yeah, I, thi- I think and and it's and it's not a matter of uh you know like, oh, well, I beat up everybody at my own gym. It's like, that's that's not how you become a Jeff Glover. That's not how you become it. You got to go out there, you know? Right, so.
1: right. And I think, um, I mean, one of the things that that I love about jiu-jitsu fundamentally really has nothing to do with the phys- physical aspect of it at all. Mm-hmm. It's really about, it, it's, it's really the only thing I can give an example of right now that just forces you to be honest with yourself. Oh, yeah. About what you're capable of about what you really want versus what you think you do. I think competition (laughs) is a great example, um, where I finally had to think, think to myself, you know what? I'm just not a competitor. Mm -hmm. I would love to be, but I'm, but I'm not, and I'm not good. Right now you're not uh, right now. I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, I, I tend to like just practice it and I like to, I like to teach people, you know, I like to work with people and learn from them and, and Mm -hmm. even though I would, would a little bit of knowledge I have, um, you know, that's just that's like the angle that I am from jujitsu, and I and I remember like for a long time, I kind of like would beat myself up. I would be like, how so? I oh, just be like, you know, I should be competing. Mm-hmm. I, I should be um, doing this, or I should be doing. That. I should be at this level, and mm-hmm. you know, and and you just realize like you got to be, you got to be honest with yourself, and you got to be humble, mm-hmm. and you got to um, in 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 in. And you got to just do the work and, mm-hmm. and be there. Like, you know, yeah. um, it's it, there's a lot about jiu-jitsu that can really cause you to kind of beat yourself up and Absolutely. talk yourself out of uh, things. Yep. Um, yeah. So, for me, I, that was uh, just something that popped out as you were talking, just mm-hmm. like – you know, sometimes you just have to, you have to check your own expectations of yourself at oh, times, you know, not, nice. and I'm not saying that's that good. like, I'm not saying that like in a, uh, like a give up way. No,
0: I'm no, just no, saying no. like, you know what, if like, you <coughs> like, that's why, that's why I said, you know, it's what I said. I mm-hmm. said, you're not competing right now. Right. That's why I said yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And it's possible that it could happen in the future. Um, but yeah, you know, so uh, <coughs> it's, I mean, you know, this going into that, I mean, it that's, the great value of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the most valuable thing that I, I it's great being able to, to defend yourself. It's great being able to, you know, um, roll around, you mm-hmm. know, with buddies or whatever. Um, but, but the biggest value that I've gotten out of it is one, it's a, my form of, it's a, it's a form of meditation for me. I always told Mike Merkulik, uh, you know, it's my meditation through chaos. You know, my, hmm. my favorite times, and jiu-jitsu are, the, uh, are my least favorite times. And what I mean by <laughs> that
0: is... Wait, well, is it I'll, favorite and least favorite at the same time?
1: Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I'll explain that. Um, you know, you're being dominated by somebody. Mm-hmm. You just are.
0: Maybe you're, Maybe it's
1: the end of the class. You're tired. And, or, and they're just better than you. Mm-hmm. And they're on top of you. And they're just smashing you. You know, you're, you're stuck in north-south underneath them. Or, you know you've been, you've been trying to prevent this arm, whatever it is, or they've been trying to sink this choke on you and they barely, you know, you're barely surviving. you know, those times for me, I close my eyes and I just breathe. Mm-hmm. And I just think I can get through this because you, sometimes you feel like you can't, mm-hmm. especially like in examples of someone, you oh, know, yeah. like North South is always like a big one side control. Yeah. You know, when someone just has that good chest pressure on you. Um, you know and you're just like i you, you just gotta calm yourself down and i can't tell you how many times i've done that and then uh you know sort of accept the position mm-hmm. um calm down focus on where you are and and then sometimes not all the time yeah it works out yes you know you end up mm-hmm. like reversing this position um through technique not through you know realizing like i, I there's no way i'm just bucking out of this yeah um you know, so I to, to me, that was always, like, the biggest value I got from it. It was, like, I I just always loved it as a meditative. I, you know, I like, and I know you do this sometimes, roll with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just kind of feeling things out. Well,
0: I'm passing out, so oh, I'm yeah. exhausted. I'm about to die before I close my eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, un- I understand this well, too, and I like the word that you use as, as, as far as chaos so there, there's like a, a line there there's order and then there's chaos so and it's it's mastery versus kind of like the unknown mastery right. being that like every single thing that you're doing where like I say okay I'm going to sweep you and it happens that means you've you're in a level where you're operating on like everything that you're doing is like just clicking for you which is which is great and then there's a level of uh, chaos the unknown where it's just like ah fuck this person has just done a move I don't know what the hell in that split second whether it be some type of pass, whether it be some type of sweep, where just everything, you felt that, that, that microsecond of, like, as you're getting, like, flipped over, like, oh, what is this? And then, like, all right, now I'm here again. All right, right. I know this. Right. I know I know this inferior uh, position. So you're back in kind of that, I wouldn't say, um, um, it's it's not mastery, but you're kind of in back in the realm of semi-order because, like, all right, I, I, I've been here before. But that, but that you it, it's always like it's cool when you're able to ride that line between like uh, and this is when you know you're in you have a good role going where it's like not everything is working out for you but also at the same time not everything is is uh, uh, unknown to you, right? It's co- it, at this point. This is competent. It, this is it's, like it's you con- are going conscious is, incompetence. Yes, this is just back. It's it's just back and forth, and you're just on the bleeding edge of like what you. This is, you're on the bleeding edge of what you're capable of. Sure. And so you learn a little more of what you are capable of and what you aren't capable of, versus in a time where you're just. I mean, there's something to be said about like going against like a like a high level black belt, or like, in case when, like when I go against like Adam or something like that, and just and and when when he's training for a competition and he's just tossing me around and as as if I'm, I'm I'm nothing. It's like all right, cool. I get, I guess I get to work on my defense yet again. <laughs> so versus times where like um, and you know it's just as bad. What's just as bad is going against someone where like everything that you do like works now, like, you don't learn anything, really. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, I guess I'm just, like, going through the through the, through the motions. You, you know what I try to do in those cases? Yeah. Um I, I, I always,
1: you know, maybe, I, I don't know how everyone perceives it, but I, I like to review kind of mm-hmm. what happened during the rule, particularly in those types of cases where yeah. you say, like, hey, look, when I was here and I, you know, I was going for such and such, you uh-huh. know, you, you really ought to, have, you know, like, give them some pointers on... This is what would have prevented me from doing that, or this is what put you in that yeah. bad position, or this is what I... So, and, and by the way, I, I like to do this even when it's the other way around. Or mm-hmm. say, like, you know, you were just on my back that entire time. What was I doing yeah. that, that was... May you know, I feel like I have a good back defense, yep. but against you, suddenly you're just riding I think, me. I think you know?
0: there's I think there's a time and place for that, especially if it, if it's something where it's like rounds, where it's like, all right, you only got like 15 seconds sure. before like the next person. At the end of at the end of uh, you know the class or something, I think that, that that's a great time for that type of uh, introspection or ex- extraspection if you're doing it to someone else, right? <laughs> and also you. It's got to be like you know you got to know the person that you're talking to. You know what I mean? Because sure. some pe- some people, I remember way back in the day, some people just don't take advice. Other people like uh, uh, love the advice. You know what I mean? So, but that's really cool that you start thinking of kind of like the metagame after afterwards, right. as far as like uh, what could be done or what what you know could, could be could be done better. I think the the. That that line of of order and 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 chaos. I think it's cool when the the, the best type of rules, at least in, in my opinion, are when it's just like on that on that bleeding edge. That's when at least you're able to work your stuff, but also at the same time, like there's you. It, it reveals like you know in that chaos, it reveals a bit of like ooh, I probably should be getting better at this as well
1: too. Yeah, that goes that goes um, <laughs> that goes. Um, the same with drilling there's like this sort of like line you got to ride between providing resistance Mm -hmm. and providing compliance yeah you know and and a lot of times there's people that are like treating drilling like you're rolling (laughs) you're like oh come on man like you you know i want the resistance
0: just drilling technique
1: yeah yeah we're just drilling (laughs) technique you know and uh and we've all been there i'm sure i did that you know when i was a white belt or something and uh but uh you know, it's it's yeah. You got to find that mm-hmm. that place where you're you're challenging someone, but you're also letting them work <clears throat> as well. So that's real cool. I, man. You know what? That is similar. Is yeah. our, our careers programming? Yep. Programming. You know, the second you think you think you know everything, it's it's yep. always
0: it, chaos is always coming at you. Right. Uh, the There's new, always new, a better way to te- te- do something. New technology is always coming at you. Right. <coughs> You
1: know, I, I, there's some, there's some guys I work with that are very, you know, very experienced, very high level. And sometimes I'll look at some other code and I'll be like, Hey, that looks clean, man. How, you know, like, mm-hmm. where were you coming from with this? You know, like I wouldn't have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is kind of abstract between the two of us, but you know, in, in programming, there's uh there are design patterns. There, are, um, you know, the, the, the best code isn't the code that works, the code you can read, Yep. you know, and, um, because that's most of the job is reading mm-hmm. through code. Um, yeah so and and that's an art form and and it, it, it there's really no upper limit
0: to it it's a very interesting art form in the sense of the same thing kind of like with video games it's it's interactive it's it's one of the only <coughs> it's one of the only things that after you build it after you do something after, let's say you write a program other people get to interact with it in a way you know yeah and a, and a lot of times it's like for them to use, so it's it's a, it's a give and take because you you one have to learn how to talk to the computer or whatever that you're programming for, and then at the same time you also have to kind of read the minds of whoever's going to be using your program at the end and relay it in a way that um, is. Solves their problem, but also at the same time solves their problem correctly the right. best where I remember one of like my former uh, Co-workers way back when I was in uh, retail before I actually had my uh, programming job He was talking about technology that the best type is the type that like your grandmother uses And I was like, "Wait, right. what, what are you what are you talking about? And he goes think about like uh, <clears throat> Currently And this was back when uh, there were iPods out. Remember those? Yep. And with the iPods, it had like a a series of buttons on it besides just the the dial that, you know, you could spin around in order to scroll through your uh, uh, playlist. And he he mimics a uh, uh, right in front of me. He mimics that he has a, a TV remote. He goes, think about it. Power. Channel up, channel down. Volume up, volume down. Um, you know, enter a few things, you know, this is now it starts getting a little complicated for grandma, but you can, you know, start entering, uh, some, uh, the channel numbers and then hit enter, uh, maybe, uh, last or the jump button to go to the last channel and maybe something to adjust the brightness. And that was it. Um, and, and he goes, that's what at the time he goes, that's what Apple needs. They need, once they get to that level, Of their their gear or their or their technology, that's when you know that they've made it or they've made it correctly. Now, if I think I have it somewhere, I could show it. As you know, the Apple TV. I don't know if you had one of those, but it's like the the remote is like one button, and then like and then like to to an enter button to like select a back button, and then like directional arrows. Yeah, like I I have
1: like a Nexus Player similar to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So, in other words. Like the and of course we argue we're like we I fucking love a lot of buttons on a, you know or I, I love oh, no, having I, all I the totally options or, or yeah, the usability, but but the the usability usability aspect that the direction that Apple went with is similar to what uh, my friend was talking about way back in the day of of you know technology is great when all of a sudden you, like even your grandma can use it now obviously it depends on what your attempting to do and it obviously it depends on uh, the the end user of what you're trying to do but if it's something where it's supposed to quote everybody could use it your measuring stick is grandma
1: right and I mean well that that's something that applies in a, in a, in a more broader sense um, when I I um as I mentioned before my my background in college is philosophy that's what my degrees in <laughs> And um,
0: that's why it's so deep with uh, the Star Wars uh, analysis. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, <laughs> I went to the University of Pittsburgh. With and, and uh, anyway, the, some of the higher level uh, philosophy classes that I took, they insisted that we wrote so like a third grader could understand it. So you're talking about the most comp- some of the most complicated hmm. concepts. Hmm. And so, I would I would have classes, like an English class, everyone's familiar with, you have to have a minimum number of pages. I had classes where we had a ma- maximum number of pages. <laughs> so, they'd be like, hey, uh, you have three pages to explain, argue uh, against, and conclude this, you know, the existence of God, you know, as, mm-hmm. as by like Rene Descartes, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was valuable. I mean, it... it it was valuable and, and it, it's a long lines of what, of, of what you're saying, you know, you want to be able to boil things down sort of to their essence and it yes. doesn't need to be esoteric. And that's true. Um, on the front end, like you're talking about, you want usability, like we were talking about with video games, you have a, you have a Nintendo, you have a blizzard. What did they do differently? Mm-hmm. They do something differently mm-hmm. where things just feel a little better than most other developers, right? When you're playing their games, even navigating menus, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's something they do. Um, you know, and in on the back end, you know, like we we're saying, you know complicated you know complicated code isn't necessarily better code. yep, right? Sometimes the and sometimes concise is not the best way to go. i mm-hmm. I um at work, we started switching um, from Java to Kotlin. And I don't know if you're familiar with Kotlin. Kotlin is a um a language that was developed by the makers of IntelliJ idea, um jetbrains. Okay. Yes. And um, Google has now uh, uh, deemed it the official language of Android. So it's okay. It's its, its own language, but it com- <laughs> it compiles into Java by mm-hmm. code. So um, you s- it's fully compatible with um, any Java applications. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's nice about it is essentially they were like taking the best of uh, more modern languages like C Sharp and uh, functional languages and providing those those um, principles to code that you. Key- be turned into java mm-hmm. so it's it's cool because i mean it saves so much i mean there's so much less verbosity mm-hmm. um and uh but sometimes it's too concise sometimes yes. it's like okay well, yeah that, mm-hmm. it's cool that you wrote that in like this functional way mm-hmm. but like maybe like an old school loop would be a little easier to understand you know so um cool. and i know that's like uh inside talk here but um mm-hmm. You know, the the point being that, you know, sometimes it's more important that other people and yourself, how many, you know, how many, have you ever written code that you go back two years later and you're like, I have no idea what I was doing here.
0: Uh, I think I did it yesterday.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Why did I do it this way? This is
0: horrible. You know? Yes. <laughs> anyway,
1: you know, it, 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 that's just the way it is. So you want to be able to to convey something, no mm-hmm. matter how complicated or how simple in a
0: way that it can be understood you know that you reminded me of something I forget which Gracie it was it was one of the Gracie's at that teaching at Torrance that famous Academy out in uh, California (coughs) and they were having a seminar on like teaching or or, or instructing people and uh, like uh, it was it was uh, one of the Gracie's in the middle along with and, and Surrounding him where like the whole room was packed and everyone was sitting along the wall So there's like you say like a hundred people all along the walls and he points to one guy to come up And he points to, like a purple belt or and 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 he goes, okay um, I want and he points to another guy uh, And so there's two people up there and he tells the purple belt. Alright, I'm gonna blindfold this guy right here I'm gonna point to um, one of the uh, uh, students along the walls I want you to instruct him to go over to that student. He goes, okay. So he's like, all right, Well, take take, uh, you know, uh, 10 steps to your right. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. And, you know, it, it takes a little while because he's like, all right, all right. No, no, no. One step to your left. No, 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 no. A little more to your right. Okay, you're there. Goes, right. Okay. He goes, good, good. Very detailed. You know, that was a great uh, verbal instruction. He go, and uh, so the purple bell turns to the, uh, the Gracie instructor. He goes, all right. Uh, why don't you show me how you would do it? He goes, okay. He goes, so the purpose of it is to guide this, uh, is to tell this uh, student or guide this student over to that one. Ready? Want to see me? Okay. So he holds the guy's hand and walks right over to him. Right. (laughs) So... Uh, how do we relate that to what we were just talking about with frameworks and sometimes the sometimes the simplest solution is is just like right there just just yep. take it and sometimes just take you, it
1: yeah sometimes you do that second set of eyes too yes so yes the collaborations always sometimes you,
0: you literally need that second set of because I remember I would be sitting there trying to program code and I just wouldn't see that answer yeah sometimes you the answer is just right there it's literally just okay hold to someone's hand and just walk them over but we're thinking like oh no I, I gotta take 10 steps to the right take five steps over here but blah blah you know
1: I can't tell you how many times I've spent half a day on some problem, even a whole day. Mm -hmm. You just make no progress. And then the next day before I come into work, I'm in the shower and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the solution. And I go into work (laughs) and it's
0: done in a half hour. You know, there's, there's something weird about, and maybe it was something in, in philosophy or maybe this is more of a neuroscience thing, but there's just something weird of just letting your mind rest, man, and letting your subconscious work. Sure. Because, Uh, I there's been plenty of times. I think everyone has done this outside of programming, too You just are trying to handle a problem and you're consciously hammering your head against it Whether it be solving something for school, whether it be just be you know, trying to figure out your taxes or what have you Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, even even jiu-jitsu. You're just like fuck, what I can't do and you just and the more you actively try to solve that problem The it frustrates you more or the farther you get away and then as you said (sighs) take a break. You take, uh, you, 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 you go home, you have a good meal, you take a shower, you, you get some rest and then just you know, either the next time you come back, Oh my God, I'm rolling so much better. Or why didn't I think of this? Uh, as you, know, you you're, you're, yeah. your mind learns in the subconscious your mind. Rests and grows yeah, when you're you sleeping. Need to hold, you need you know? to like
1: hold that space. Absolutely,
0: yeah. that's true. Of, I remember uh,
1: growing up skateboarding. I used to say that, but like I take a break from skateboarding for two weeks and I come back and I feel like I'm better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's the the positive spin I always try to take on jujitsu too. Yeah. People get down on themselves like I haven't trained at all. I'm like, it's okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's some,
0: there's some mechanics that you got to smooth out again. I think we say it's not a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. Right. Yeah. right.
1: And it's like, but there's parts of it, some, you know, when I, even when I take long breaks, like I'm on now, when I come back, you know, there's always parts where I feel like something makes a little more sense than it did even mm-hmm. way back. Mm-hmm. So you just got to take the, you know, hold that space,
0: let your brain do its job. And I think as we hear that, uh, that, that's the reintroduction of Warren back into I the, the home, I think that's a, a, a good point of just, just taking space, taking your time, letting everything rest. And I think it's a great uh, learning experience with this entire podcast. I think I would like to, it's probably a good point to wrap everything up as well, too. Is sure. there anything else that you wanted to pass down to Warren or anything else that you were thinking?
1: I, I mean, just I, I just to reiterate that point, I think that, um, you know, it's okay to, to provide yourself space in anything You know, anybody that's pushing you otherwise is trying to get something out of you, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, and ask it for help sometimes. Sometimes you need that second set of eyes too. You need to let your brain do its job and you need to not be, uh, ashamed of needing help sometimes.
0: I think the other thing you, you pointed out just a little bit before too, was that, um, when you, when you took your breaks or when you were realizing, yeah, I don't have to go as hard, um, a great lesson that I think I talked about way in one of the earlier podcasts and you did this is be kind to yourself as well too.
1: There's one thing I would like to leave for Warren Mm -hmm. and that is maybe one day he'll read this or listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind him that there was a time when I could totally kick his butt and (laughs) And that time is right now. And even though he might be 18, destroy me by the time he listens to this, there was a time (laughs)
0: Maybe by then they'll have, like, uh, surgical implants where he's flying around, like, in Dragon Ball Z and, like, shooting energy beams at you. So, in any case, want to thank you again, all. Thank you for, for having coming. me. And we should have you on soon enough again because Star Wars is coming out soon enough and then we can get a whole other philosophical take.
1: Yeah, right. and we can do a little, little re-
0: recap yes, review. That'd be absolutely. great. Love it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That is another wrap we hope you enjoyed that episode and the in-depth discussion and all the nerdy geeky talk and had fun as well and those who are seeing the new star wars movie soon be safe and of course please enjoy and 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 go easy with the spoilers all right so you can get in touch with us at dear warren podcast at gmail instagram and on facebook thank you for listening and for all the support we love you all and we will see you next time on our midweek podcast Gracias.